Welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the internet movie database's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. <laughs> and I'm Stacey Grayden. You stole my... Hey, <laughs> um, But yeah, so we're here... Is this today. a podcast? Is it serve beer? That's <laughs> <laughs> my kind of podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we've already started, not 30 seconds into it. Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you haven't figured out what we're talking about, we're talking about Bradley Cooper's 2018... Oscar sort of blazing prestige picture, internet hit, box office sensation, A Star is Born. Um, and we That's thought... right. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us, we have not only Bradley Cooper, as you've just heard. I um... directed and starred. <laughs> <laughs> and stole Sam Elliott's hey. voice. Hey. Um... <laughs> You need to think up your own thing to do. <laughs> um, but we, we also... Well, you could be Sam <laughs> <laughs> It's going to get very confusing. <laughs> but to be fair... I, I, I took your voice because you didn't have anything to say. Um, I, I feel like you can't really quote from this movie. We're going to have to censor that horribly. But as uh, us having Bradley Cooper and apparently Sam Elliott as guests on this very special episode, Wonderful. we thought we'd invite uh, Stacey back on. Um, and part of the reason is because Stacey... Has been very enthusiastic about Star is Born. Star is Born, super fan, right um, here. Before it was even released, because this is one of the interesting things about mm-hmm. like a Star is Born. It, this obviously it, it's been made before. It is the third or fourth iteration. Sorry, it's the fourth or fifth iteration of the film, depending on if you count what price Hollywood from nineteen thirty two. But what's interesting about this one is that this one began as a Clint Eastwood film starring Beyonce, and evolved into a Bradley Cooper auteur project with Lady Gaga. And at some point along the way, before it was released, the internet sort of fell in love with it in a way that, like, we talked on this podcast before about the internet's boyfriends, but they're normally, like, people, like Tom Hiddleston. But it feels like the entire movie A Star is Born became the <laughs> oh, internet's Venom boyfriend. Venom as well. Yeah, Venom. Oh, Venom is the internet's boyfriend in a very different sort of way. Um, but like, Venom is the internet's hey. boy. <laughs> that is a fair point. A Star is Born is uh, internet boyfriend. But, uh, yeah, because it seems like everybody was really excited about it, even before it came out. And I was sort of, I was surprised by it, because I was sort of, it seemed to me from a distance to be a stereotypical prestige piece, but what was it that sort of, like, grabbed people's attention, do you think? For me, and I don't know that this speaks to everyone's relationship with this film, but I have I have heard other people saying it, and I have had similar conversations that suggest that my experience is not unique, but the first time I saw the trailer for this film, I thought, this looks so corny, this is such a dumb vanity project for Bradley Cooper, he's doing A Star Is Born? I don't know that Bradley Cooper can sing, I don't know that Bradley Cooper can direct a film, I, I, what does he think he's doing? Beyonce was supposed to be in this this looks so cheesy, and then there's the famous scene which has been memed over and over and over again, which is actually... In the uh, trailer, so we can't talk for, about it here. Okay, but it is derived from a scene in all of the previous versions yeah. of the film. It's a it's a line that's common to all of these previous versions that's just been memed and has been so 
sort of heavily circulated around the internet that everyone's kind of familiar with it. Everyone's I've, enjoying it. And I've missed all that is. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And he's not yeah. really on the internet, so to speak. But no. the line that Stacey's referring to, we can mention because it's, it's in the trailer, it's is, the, the trailer. is the, hey. <laughs> what? I just want to take another look at you. <laughs> I don't know why. Whether... a little <laughs> smile and the nod and she's, it's great. Oh, she does right. a little nose touch as she well. She does a nose thing in the movie. Film, but not yeah, in the trailer. So that's just, apologies, mm-hmm. we broke our, our no spoiler mm-hmm. code here. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Gaga may or may not have a nose in this film. Um, and there may be a weird obsession with touching it suggestively. <laughs> but um, so like everybody was very excited about it. And it's weird because when it materialized, mm-hmm. it seemed like the internet loved it even oh. more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, so I'm I guess... not going to say and uh, reveal too much about the movie. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I wish I had that nose <laughs> so I could snort so many more pills through it. Um, um, <laughs> I do love the idea that, yeah, that was, was, that was actually, yeah, what you yeah. Yeah. To, to the nose. That's was a like, great nose. <laughs> you could probably cram so many painkillers in so there. So much drugs. <laughs> but it was one of those things where, and I do quite a bit, like, where I'll start using some slang kind of ironically, and then just eventually I'm not being ironic anymore. I think that's what happened. I was joking about this, so I was like, oh, this film looks so silly. And I was, my, my brother and I, as kids... Uh, started uh, were watching Bosco ironically at around like kind of seven or eight thinking like oh this is too silly for us but then like we couldn't miss it I think we had gotten over the 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 point where we loved it like unironically Mm. and then uh, decided that it was okay to like it ironically and and then it was like very clear that I think the same thing happened to me later with Pokemon when I was like 12 or 13 you were too cool then yeah. you were sort of like you were distant, and then it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to just understand this silly thing. Yeah, yeah, so I could make fun of it. <laughs> I like your commitment to the. Like, that's like proper bullying. It's like I feel like I can't it's, pick on the kids who play Pokemon like unless I understand. Mark Wahlberg in in the other guys. Um, it's like oh, I just took up ballet so I could make fun of some kids. Um, that yeah. level of commitment, and I think it's because it's good. All of these things are actually good. Yeah. Bosco is good. Pokemon is good. A Star is Born is the greatest thing ever. Um, that it changes from an ironic love into like an actual appreciation for what it is. Because I have had this kind of ironic relationship with things before, like uh, Guy Ritchie's King Arthur movie from last year, which is terrible. Yeah, that, it's I imagine not very good. I imagine that materializing was not quite the same thing where you went to see it and it was Jude Law playing Killer Instinct. It was really bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think when the text is actually good, there's this almost relief of like, oh. Okay, it was it was like ironic. It was fun for a while, but now I'm actually genuinely enjoying it. And it's something deeper and nicer. Kind of curious about this, just in terms of like an, a film that the internet loves. And I wonder if part of it is that because it had that level of like surface level irony that made it very easy to mock. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bra- it's an auteur project from that dude from the Hangover films, from Rocket on, Raccoon. Yeah, from Rocket Raccoon, which on the surface of it seems absurd, <laughs> and then when you get down to it. It's actually, and, and the film itself, we're not going to talk into much detail, but it's a very earnest film in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And I wonder if that like level of irony that the internet sort of responded to immediately with the, hey, mm. I just want to take another look mm. at you, um, sort of allowed the, the kind of guard to get down so that you could almost appreciate it on an unironic level. Like mm-hmm. suddenly you could, because sincerity is, sincerity is, we talked on the podcast before, sincerity is something that we tend to dismiss a lot in modern mm-hmm. pop culture, whether it's because we're so jaded, so cynical, because the world is the way that it is. Mm-hmm. But I, I, one of the reasons, I wonder if the response to A Star is Born 
was to embrace that because it is mm-hmm. it is a very as you point out it looks hokey mm-hmm. and if you were looking at it with a cynical eye you could say that it was hokey mm-hmm. but um that sincerity because you have that level of irony in the initial response but i wonder if that made it more palatable to embrace that sort of like genuine sincerity because you you really believe that bradley cooper reached down deep into his <laughs> soul um to find what he wanted to say with this movie Absolutely. And I've seen some discussion of this film where people are asking, is this a camp film? Does this film have camp value? And I would argue very strongly, no, it doesn't. Like, we could... Yeah. (laughs) Not at all. Because I think with camp, um, a very, very brief definition of camp is when something exhibits kind of failed seriousness. When something is going for something very heartfelt and very earnest and very emotional and does not succeed. But I think that this film does. I think when you just see a snippet of it in the trailer or where you just know that the premise is Bradley Cooper is making A Star is Born, you're like, well, that's going to be hokey and that's not going to work. But I think when you watch this film, it does. Listeners can't hear Andrew's reaction. It's (laughs) just about as easy to parse as anything Bradley Cooper says in the film. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't see the trailer. The only only thing I've seen of this movie is the entire movie. Okay. Um, What happened is I literally texted Andrew and said, we need to watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Like Mission Control. Hey, do you want to come see this movie with me? It's like, I'll see the movie. I'm not going to see it with you. The, 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 I, 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 I watched it last night, and and I, I thought it, I thought it was fine, but mm. uh, but I didn't like it. And I thought it was okay. hokey, and mm. the um, and I thought it was camp, and mm. she, uh, and, and that's fine because okay. she's a goddamn like gay icon mm. in 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 the movie, and it, it's 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 grand that this that 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 it was kind of camp. Mm-hmm. Or didn't kind of like um, uh, work at at at, at getting um, to me, and I can't take the the movie very seriously. I can't take Bradley. Hi. Sorry, mm-hmm. I can't take Bradley very seriously. They, but I like but I, terms. Yeah, but, but not yeah, famous. You uh, know when they're famous. Uh, well, he's here. Hanging <laughs> <laughs> out with us. Goddamn right. <laughs> um, sorry, no. Okay, um, but sorry, yeah. I don't want to. I guess yeah. But I I don't. I imagine, I imagine you'd recommend the movie anyway. Mm. I like. I'd probably be um, uh, more reticent about recommending it. I don't know if it belongs to be on the list. Um, well, like these movies mm-hmm. tend to kind of uh, the new entries tend to kind of come in and go out. Mm-hmm. Um, this and, is this is an interesting example because like it it entered okay well it started very high with like a 9 out of 10 rating and 9.4 out of rating this is one of the things where there were famously that sets it up like where at a... that would have if it had come in when it had that initial scoring it would have come in in the top 75 top 50 hmm. but it's currently it came in at uh, 219 it has since climbed oh, it's to going one, go. it's climbed to 180 what? So 180 oh, overnight, yeah. Ah. Uh, but the interesting thing about it is that, like, I don't know if you guys have been following this. Again, this is the online hyper. Like, again, we talk about how much the internet loves The Star is Born. Mm-hmm. Um, how, and again, like, I, I, I was, I'm aware of Lady Gaga. I've listened to some of her music, uh, particularly this week as research for this podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, I was not aware. Of, like the, I'm so hip and with it. Yeah. I'm down with the kids. But I didn't realize to what extent. Like an older generation of listener <laughs> who you're representing. Yeah, um, I am. I am. I've the Jackson, heard of Lady I'm Gaga. the Jackson main of this podcast. Whoa, what does it mean, poker face? Um, but um, what are you dancing for? Yeah, I listen to it three times. 
Fonz. Yeah, sorry, sorry. But anyway, apologies. But the, the, the one there are several Bradley Coopers in this podcast. <laughs> so many Some of them are awful. A Bradley of Coopers, if you will. But um, what's interesting to me is that like I never really anticipated how devoted the little monsters were to Gaga. Uh, because oh, apparently yeah. they waged. <laughs> have you not heard this? They waged. Doesn't she have a, re- a ridiculous number of Twitter followers? Like it, it's it's. Oh yeah, it's she's one got of like the largest... twenty-five million followers yeah. or something on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of the largest followings, if 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 if, if not like the largest mm-hmm. kind of, uh, and and at least it was back when. Um, in like 2012 or something when like that. When people actually started I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if, if, if that's really that relevant anymore. But if it's more about kind of Instagram. And, or influence mm, on various yeah. platforms. Mm. But the thing about the Little Monsters is, I don't know if you guys heard about the information war campaign that these guys <laughs> launched. Now, and this is interesting. Please tell us about this. Have you, have you heard no, it? I, I have. I just think you <laughs> might explain it better. Um, <laughs> so the Lady Gaga fans have decided that A Star is Born is going to be the biggest movie of all time and they've decided to manifest this reality upon the world i like the word manifest today apparently but they decided that they're going to like make that a reality and how they're going to make that a reality is by targeting the movies that they deem to be potential rivals of a star is born leading to a strange situation where apparently on letterbox which is a film social media channel you had a preemptive war between freddie mercury fans and lady gaga fans over who could rate their icons movie lower um before the film had been released and you also, on Twitter, had a war between A Star Is Born fans mm-hmm. and Venom fans, where, where Lady Gaga fans were po- posting... like so ridiculous. It is, no, no, it, 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 and like, some of them were found to be bots. Also. Some of them were found to be yeah. like, um, bot counters. It's not, it's not even that. Like, it's, they were so primarily bots. Like they, were, they were quoting the exact same verbatim review, which is, yeah. I loved all the Marvel films, but I have to say, Venom was an awful film. But if it's <laughs> the same message 70,000 times yeah. all over Twitter... A friend I mean, of mine don't really said, need to go after Venom. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's like Venom, that's picking Venom when it's down, really. Yeah. I, I love the idea that like there's somebody, like somewhere in a cinema in the US on opening weekend mm-hmm. going, I was going to see Venom, but this guy who says he's a Marvel fan and has loved all the other movies doesn't seem to care for it. I guess I'll go see A Star is Born. Are they just making it, kicking Venom to make it seem less obvious that they're part of the um, Little Monster um, okay. campaign? But it's kind of strange because you imagine that they'd sort of be jumping on the whole like flag bandwagon with, um, with First Man. But you I think just... they would like this movie and um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? Zero <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's like, I like Lady Gaga, so I don't like Queen. What's the people who don't like Queen? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's going on? But where, where the overlap is between the two? Because you imagine that it would just be a circle, pretty much. You yeah. can see something egregious and mm-hmm. say, like, oh, this silly, like, war movie. Um, that, that's going to win all the, the Oscars, say if there was one. Like, say, Hatchell Ridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, Darkest, um, Hour. Darkest Hour or something mm-hmm. like that. Then, like, go after that. But it's, like... But Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody, well, um, just seems like a, a, an odd target for <laughs> for, for, for them yeah. to take. It's kind of like... Um, is it going to be like another camp music movie? And it's fine for there to be two. Um, <laughs> this is like the, um, what would you call it? It's and like, hokey as well. Yeah. I expect it to be probably more more hokey than this. I, I, I think this is closer to kind of like... Uh, A traditional uh, prestige piece. Yeah, yeah. And actually kind of achieving what it did for you. 
for other people mm. that 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 it's going to be much more difficult for Bohemian Rhapsody, kind of mm. based on the trailers anyway, to 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 get past that 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 kind of cynicism. Well, it invites um, comparisons yeah. as well. Like People I don't say this isn't as good as a star is born. Yeah, it isn't. Yeah, like I I don't think I'm very cynical. Like I want movies to 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 be good to, and to succeed. Yeah, and and to 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 kind of have an emotional impact on mm-hmm. me. Um, so like it's it's not like I was kind of like, um, but I I, I it, it was a problem. Like I I I liked the movie, but it was a problem that kind of like early on I was like ah. Not mad about this. Uh, like even like it kind of like starting, and I was yeah. kind of like, uh, this is kind of yeah, yeah. I suppose we'll talk about more, more, more of my feelings about it can, on the other side. Can I but... ask? What interests me in particular about the way that a star is born has been embraced is I wonder what Bradley Cooper makes of it mm-hmm. because there's like a real sense when you read Bradley Cooper's interviews and you hear him talking about the film. That he honestly believes, like, and, and it is, it's a very emotional film and it, it's got some things to say, but he believes he, like, he's very much made a prestige picture. And it's kind of, you wonder how Cooper is reacting to that, the fact that the internet. I'm giving Darren a side eye there. I <laughs> okay. mean, Bradley Cooper should be happy, I would say, if he, if he made a, like, a competent, good movie. And to, yeah, and, 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 and I think he has. To be thinking, like, kind of, I, I I don't know if you're putting words in your in 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 his mouth, but if 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 he's thinking about the movie or talking about the movie the way you say he is it's like he should maybe um, you know not drink the the Kool Aid so quickly okay. like the, he, he. I mean, like I'm, I'm it's, again, I'm, I'm thinking we'll include no interviews with him in the show notes, but there were some interviews around. I think the New York Times, for example, did a profile piece where he very steadfastly refused to cooperate with it. Um, the GQ interview from 2013, which included the line, I think you and me are going to fight, bro, when somebody asked what it was like to work with Jennifer Garner. Cooper has a persona of taking himself very seriously. Why would he take himself that seriously? Though? Like, like he's an actor who barely kind of made it. As in, like, I, I, I think he's fine, but did, did, is he taking himself that seriously because he figures that's what better actors do? Or, or, or is this like I wonder if there's an element of like Cooper establishing himself as a certain kind of icon and so like if you think of his big roles they're like the hangover but he's looking at Sean Penn asking him questions in the inside the actor's studio then after the show <laughs> saying like also is it necessary to be like a, a jerk do I have um, to be in okay but do I have to you know like being in the hangover or being in like um, the sniper movie is, good- is like uh, uh those were his kind of breakthroughs, and yeah. and and they, they, they're like kind of coming um, like late enough in 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 his career for him to be grateful okay. for them, and and not to kind of take them for granted or to think that he's a a big deal now that he's kind of um, finally broken out. All right, let's before we into sports, I'm going to ask three questions. Sorry. Those, those three questions are. Stacey, so do you think this movie belongs on a list of the top 250 movies ever made? Yes, absolutely it does. Uh, do I think that maybe other versions of A Star is Born should be there too? Like, maybe? 
Uh, I do think the 1954 version with Judy Garland, the George Cukor film, is really, really good. Um, but I think this is, yeah, for me, I really, really like it. Um, I would I would say that it should be on the 250, for sure. What about your own personal? So would you consider it one of your favourite films already? Like- oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I always find it quite, uh, like, on a personal level. And yeah, maybe I should be thinking personally rather than the whole 250. As a statement like, of like... It should be on the 250. Is it one of my favourite films? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the world... Uh... It's like, should, should, it, should it be on, on your 250? Yes. Yeah, should it be on the top 250 in the world? It's like, oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it should be the other <laughs> like, way around. For I think like, Indian Ooh. viewers would like this. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, feel I, mean, like, uh, I feel like... I feel like it's, it's I a... I don't be- know if it does enough for like, like the a, Chinese audience. It's a less mm-hmm. personal question to ask, is mm-hmm. this like an important or worthy movie yeah. as opposed mm-hmm. to... I think it's a more interesting question to ask, is this a movie that affected you personally that you mm. really, really loved? As mm. opposed to, do you... Like, the first question is, is it a good movie? The second question is, do you love it? Mm. Um, and, and do you love it? I mean, I love it. Um, but I think it's doing some really interesting things in terms of its treatment of the various themes of... Or insofar as it actually does treat these themes. But like stardom, addiction, uh, kind of romantic personal relationships, this sort of symbiotic relationship between the two of them. Um, and their relationship to the world, how the world perceives them as stars and as people. Um, I think it's doing some really interesting things. And there are certain thematic elements which you can get into when we're discussing the plot that may not have been handled as gracefully as I might have expected them to be, uh, or things that come off as campy in previous versions of the film, which I don't think actually play that badly here. I think they're done quite earnestly and quite successfully in a quite naturalistic kind of way that I really wasn't expecting. I think it's a more nuanced film than I was expecting. And I've seen more established directors, more established writers try and deal with these things in kind of much hokier terms. I thought this was really well made in terms of saying what it's trying to say. <laughs> Playing well, its 12 well, notes. You also see yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, in that between those off case. Um, <laughs> and then finally, um, would you recommend, if listeners have not already had a chance to see the film, um, so if they listen to this podcast and they want to get a flavour of the film and they listen to us talk about it in general terms, should they stop the podcast, run out, watch the movie and come back and listen to the rest of the podcast? I, I, I would say absolutely. And I know Andrew already disagrees with me, but no, I absolutely like, would recommend it. I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't like strongly um, disrecommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't dissuade. Recommend it? Recommend it, yes. I, I wouldn't... Um, uh, 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 it wouldn't I, be I, a hard no. No, mm. no, it wouldn't. It would. It absolutely wouldn't. Mm. I, 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 I would say there's a good chance that people will like this movie a lot more than I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I just it, it didn't kind of like clear that um, hurdle. That you. hurdle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, Andrew, what about yourself then? So, just in terms of so, you, in terms of the two fifty, do you think it belongs on there? No, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was a very Bradley Cooper answer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but I think no. I <laughs> Andrew is, is getting is embodying being his best Jackson yeah. here on the podcast. Um, during the break, I'm going to bring inject, my snuff. This week. I'm going to inject steroids into his backside, so <laughs> listeners can uh, listeners can imagine that. Um, I'm on the fence about it. I'm we normally glad... do that, but we normally don't talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things. That was part of the deal. Um, it's very hard to reach that part yourself. But um, I would be of two minds about this. I. Mm. I think it's great that it's on the 250. I think it's very good to see it on the 250. Um, 
don't know how long it'll be there. It's climbing, which is interesting for a prestige picture. Many of the ones, like, for example, La La Land, enter high and start dropping. This has entered and started climbing. Maybe my problem with this movie is that people had such an issue with La La Land. And so many people (laughs) kind of, like, didn't like it. And it's like... This is what people like. They <laughs> didn't like La La La. Listeners, you can't see Andrew, but he's sitting with his arms folded defensively. And I'm now imagining Andrew sitting through the emotionally harrowing scenes of a star, of a star is Born, looking at the audience around him crying and gesturing to the screen and going, this people, this right here. Yeah. Um, Not La La Land, this. And uh, then, <laughs> La La Land is an interesting kind fun. of comparison to evoke. Because I think there's a few films in recent years, like La La Land being one and maybe The Artist being another where they're sort of dealing with similar themes to a star is born and there have been these similar reactions of like this is gonna sweep award season and everybody loves this movie and now almost or now not even now but almost instantly there's like a backlash against them and there's been a little bit of pushback against the stars but not actually as much as the other two which is surprising and particularly when you compare it to its other stable mates like so for example Mm -hmm. uh first man which, oh. uh, which was released this weekend, and we're not going to dovetail on that, but we won't be talking about it on this podcast because A, there are not enough flags for right-wing people, and B, there are too many flags for left-wing people, apparently, according to The New Yorker. Um, so, yeah, there's apparently an optimum number of flags, and, and First Man doesn't hit it. Um, so it'll be the first Chazelle movie that won't make the 250, I suspect. Um, but um, it is kind of, yeah, it's, it's interesting how there hasn't really been a blowback to A Star Is Born that I... And again, this is because I'm cynical and jaded and I look at every prestige picture that's coming out and everyone that is a big studio one. So, for example, I know that, like, Beale Street probably won't get blowback. I don't think Widows will get blowback. Mm. But I know the first man is. And if I'd been a betting man, I would have said that A Star Is Born, which is Bradley Cooper's vanity project, would have been arriving to people sharpening pitchforks. And I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't, which yeah. is, is interesting. And to be honest, despite the fact I don't love it as much as most people, it's kind of heartening. Because mm. I, I, I like that people are enjoying something like holistically without being told or shouted at or told that they're wrong. <laughs> well, it's uh, like... Um... It's enough. Uh, it's enough drag queen, drag queens for the liberal elite. It's enough country music for the conservatives. It's perfect. It's, it's an all-quadrant movie. Yeah, yeah. I love the idea of Damien Chazelle and Bradley Cooper sitting in the same edit- editing bay and like just Damien the Chazelle. right amount of American flags and also rainbows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas Bradley Cooper is like, no, no, no. You've got to go full on either of them. You've got to yeah. commit to both. As opposed to trying to narrow Just because I'm a true American patriot doesn't mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't like drinking at a gay bar. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we'll, we'll move on. We'll, get, we'll head into the spoiler zone. Maybe it's time for a spoiler zone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Or thank you, Jackson. Ladies and gentlemen, live from uh, Arizona, apparently. I know, MG. I know. What a great performance. <laughs> would, you, would you play something and just look at me? Just look at me <laughs> while you play it. Um, but, anyway. Uh, so, Stacey, mm. what is A Star is Born about for you? What isn't A Star is Born about? It's about the world as it exists in the year 2K18. Um, although, you know, I, I'd seen some discussion where people are saying, what year is this film set in it's kind of hard to tell at times uh, it is it does appear to be contemporary yeah um but just there are certain things like they don't use phones all that much but they're on youtube they're on youtube yeah, yes yeah. So, but, but once like, like and it, they're explaining how youtube works yeah. which is so charming and wonderful <laughs> and, and andrew guys play is apparently still castable in movies still, <laughs> yeah so when is this film um okay so a star is born 
to Where Antwerp. does it take place as well? It takes place in Los Angeles, apparently. Los Angeles. There is like, it's like West Coast, East Coast dad. Yeah, that's it exactly. <laughs> it's despite the fact that Andrew Dice Clay and Lady Gaga have clearly, clearly been transplanted from New York Italians. Yeah. <laughs> she's, really funny. she's channeling Barbara Streisand mm. in this. Yeah. yeah. But the Writers Guild actually had to had to clarify this because somebody was wondering, oh. I think it was at, um, at Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. Vanity Fair was like in doing solid investigative journalism on this because somebody raised I think Alison Wilmore had raised this online and Vanity Fair were like this is our spotlight moment so they managed to get in touch with the Writers Guild of America who would have a copy of the script for accreditation purposes and the Writers Guild of America very very gamely replied and said yes yes those early scenes where she lives are set in Los Angeles so it is a Los Angeles film it's a West Coast film um, is um, is I I was wondering during the movie, and the the, the, the um, is is Lady Gaga Jewish? Because she's playing a Jewish person in this movie. Is she? Well, she she she, she is doing a, a a Barbara Streisand impression, and she she's doing that kind of like New New, New York Jew kind of. Um, okay. I would have said more Italian American affectation. Oh, okay. I know the the, the, the father is um, the father is definitely like um, the the genuinely like I think the actor is just like yeah yeah I'm walking here yeah oh that was Andrew Dice Clay I didn't recognize him oh yeah and and Dave Chappelle it's very much like you can tell Bradley Cooper had a certain uh, Eddie Eddie Griffin as well yeah pops (laughs) up as a pastor undercover brother there yeah okay. Um, yeah. I had to double check that because I was like, "There's no way Eddie Griffin popped up for a guy who has three lines you can barely hear." So she, she, she was, she was trying, she was going for an Italian American. I don't know if she was going for or if she... she's definitely trying to do something. Okay, because and it, it seemed to me like the most obvious thing she was trying to do was trying to do Barbara Streisand. But it's difficult to try to do Barbara Streisand believe... if you're just like a, a white American. But I believe that Lady Gaga is from New York originally, right? She's so, Italian American. She's Italian American. It's the well. whole thing yeah. with her fans. It's what again one of these tropes that's memed quite a bit is in interviews. She'd be like, "Well, I'm Italian. Well, I'm Italian. I'm Italian." And because I'm Italian, like she talks about being Italian yeah. a lot. Her real name is Stephanie Germanotti. Yeah. Uh, so she's Italian American. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, she, there is a bit of a, a Streisand thing, I suppose. Yeah. There's a lot of little Streisand homages. Well, there's a yes. lot of little homages through it. Like, it's a surprisingly faithful <clears> adaptation, <throat> right down to the scene in the car park, which references a scene in a car park in the 1954 version. Mm. But obviously, it hits all of the beats as well. It's got all, all the plot points are sort of taken over there as well. There's a lot of wonderful details. There is not, unfortunately, a motorbike stunt sequence like the one that John mm. Peters insisted they add to the 1976 mm. version. Um, the director of the 1976 version wrote an article in the US. Knievel was very big back then. Oh yeah, no, he, they wanted to get Evil Knievel to play the stunt double. Yeah, um, this like John Peters and John like John <laughs> Peters is amazing because obviously you know the Kevin Smith story mm. and every other story about John Peters becomes filtered through that. So for example, her, you have, was he her um, hairdresser? hairdresser? Became her husband, That's right. and right. then became her producer. And so like Barbara Streisand wanted the 1976 version to be a monument to her. And it's interesting when you watch it because like in the 1976 version, like the arc of the female lead is not. Will this character earn the self-confidence and self-belief in order to find her voice and to like become the star she's meant to be? If you watch the 1976 version, it's very clear that Barbara Streisand has decided her arc is she's going to be her and the entire world is finally, finally going to realise how great she is. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting because like you had John Peters during production saying like we need a motorbike stunt sequence for guys like me who don't like singing and romance and stuff mm. you want a big action set piece and there's another one where he set up a concert with Peter Frampton mm. and he's like Peter's like me he gets me we get each other 
were yeah. from the street. There, there was a thing in, in in this movie. It seemed like they they the there was um, they kind of set up uh, Bradley Cooper's um, band, which is just called uh, called after him. I think they they um, at least he he had his like name Jackson Maine like on on the on the, on the stage and on the drums and all that sort of thing. Um, it seems like that's supposed to be the thing in this movie for guys like me. Who are, um, but this band kind of sucks. <laughs> they, 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 like, and they're established first as this kind of rock band. And you have, like, that was the thing that kind of like put me off the movie straight away. Because it was starting off and, and it, it was this kind of like rock band. And then Bradley starts singing. And it sounds kind of like I'm... Um, I don't know why I'm going after Bradley Cooper so much, but it sounded like how I would expect Bradley Cooper singing to sound. Really? It sounded a little bit kind of like strained. I think it got better as it went okay. on. I think it got it like kind of like uh, took on the character more of like a steel guitar, okay. like kind of had a. Uh, I think like, there, there um, might be a conscious choice there. Though. I think the first performance is meant to be he's like washed up and but that's you know, on the like our, our first um, introduction to in, him. in in introduction to him, and he yeah. sounded like he's gone. Sing, but maybe something's gonna burst in his eyes, and um, and he 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 and 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 the thing is that later on he's playing the gig, and it's like we're gonna play something special for you. Then they have a woman, uh, uh, his girlfriend comes and sings this kind of like the soft show, yeah. little ballad, like for this. Crowd who's, who've yeah. come to see this like rock band, and it's like, who, what is this band? How middle of the road are they? Who are their fans? I love the idea. The fans are like, yay, encore! They finally gonna play the one song that they skipped throughout the set list that I've been waiting for all That's night. That's what I was thinking and as well. But like, that, what, what what is this band? Who did it, who do they represent? What are they closest to? Is it is it a kind of soft rock? And who is going mad for this? this well, sort the, of the thing? music the is it Nickelback? What okay, well it? the music was written by a country and western composer who's relatively popular. I don't actually have his name down. Lucas Nelson. Lucas Nelson. Yeah. Yes. Actually, this makes more sense in terms of country and western. Yeah. I was maybe coming from it, but it, it it's. It's kind of. Um, I think people have talked about it about like a kind of like it being a rock, kind of um, a it's a, pop movie. It's certainly a pop movie. It's 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 not a rock movie. And in 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 like when people trying to kind of. Um, I think it's trying to pass for a rock movie. Because you try and like like put in all of the kind of like um, drinking and 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 drugs. Well, I mean, and, I'm fairly sure country and western stars take drinking and you know drinking drugs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But they 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 haven't you watched Nashville? The kind of hard living um, as aspect of it. I say it as I'm drinking. Yeah, Andrew's getting very in characters, Jackson. But I think we got we kind of got off the we sort of dovetailed mm. off like I uh, Stacy what what it's about. What is it? Like, Sorry. What is like if you were to pick one thing to focus on in A Star Is Born? Like, what what is it that you loved about it so much? What is okay, it well, A Star Is Born is about Jackson Maine. I mean, it's called A Star Is Born, and it's ostensibly about him discovering this woman and her rise to success and fame and fortune as he is kind of spiraling downwards. But the film is about him, and I think its treatment of that main character is really kind of interesting. And of course it is, because Bradley Cooper, you know, produced and directed and co-wrote this film. And Notable as the first adaptation of the film to be driven by the male lead rather than the female lead. So like, the would... 1954 version uh, was I... very much a comeback product for Judy Garland. Because she had sort of, I mean, off-screen, I mean, off-screen driven by the, the female lead. Because mm. like, Garland had 
famously attempted suicide um, mm. and was trying to claw her way back on top and in fact had her husband who was also falling to pieces established as a producer on the film and this was very much her proving to Hollywood that she could anchor a product a project famously Cary Grant turned down the lead role mm. because he didn't want to work with Garland because mm. he didn't trust her and then you have the 1976 version which is Streisand all the way Streisand had a very strong hand in shaping that Whereas this is the first one where the, the actor playing the male lead is the guy the driving force creatively behind the camera or out mm. behind the scenes, which is interesting. And it gives an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I think narratively, the male lead is always important. He's literally the main character in all of these films. His name is Jackson Maine or Norman Maine in the older versions. He's the main character. And as much as it is about this female starlet becoming successful and famous um i think the story is kind of always still kind of rooted on him apart from maybe the streisand version because that is her movie and it's all about as you say her being successful and famous and finally having the resources to show it off um and be taken seriously but i think i think the the male lead of these films is always still kind of important and i think it's interesting that we're we're getting another Star is Born remake at all. Um, like, if you look at the pattern in which these films are released, it's like 1937, 1954, 1976. And then there's there's this one, which is 2018. And I was thinking about this and I was going, it, it's every 20 years, except then there should have been one in the 90s. Yeah. I think but there, there is... Hmm? I think there was one in the 80s, but it wasn't a movie. He, mm. he was like... You were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. <laughs> when I met you. That, is, that the, was based on the, that was actually the, based on a star is born. Is it? Yep. Yeah. The, 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 like the story has been told so many mm. times though that it's that it gets kind of for me it gets kind of hackneyed. It, it was like kind of coming into it is like, oh, he's going to uh, bring her to to success. Then he he's going to de- decline and he's going to resent her success because. He feels like it's owed to him, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, oh, I, I, I made you all of this, and I don't like kind of like what you've become. Mm. And he's a, he's 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 a he's a really horrible character in this that 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 we that we need to kind of um, get behind and feel sympathetic to. And I can imagine that anyone who enjoyed this movie mustn't have um, mustn't have thought that about it. Because I like be, be, because I, if if they did, then how would it work for them? I kind of yeah, like the, I think that Cooper and um, Gaga are fantastic. I think they both work very well. I think Cooper's maybe a better director than an actor, but I think he gives he work he digs down deep. I think it's very his, so, well directed. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but really well done. One of the issues for me that sort of like kept me at a distance from it is the fact that like almost immediately. Jackson is like a sentient red flag. And not just because his face, with which Cooper spent apparently several days like on a sunbed getting. He's... It's entirely toxic. Like there's so much of it. That's like, like, like he's a, a kind of a nice um, a guy and has nice qualities to the extent that like any um, a bad boyfriend does. And I've been a bad boyfriend. I've had like, like kind of like, and it, it, it's, it's, it's horrible to kind of inflict that on a person where you're, where you're not, where you're kind of like, uh, insecure, um, or, or, or you have your own problems that you should sort out before. Lecturing kind of, somebody uh, else. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else's life. Where, and, and, and maybe that's why I didn't enjoy the movie. Cause I a... think because like if, if you've, if you've been a relation, if you've been in a relationship and have been that kind of like um, partner who uh, who 
like say like lo- lo- lots of relatable stuff in it where 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 you've um, helped somebody else and then kind of like uh, feel like when it's your turn to be helped out that you're not and then kind of feel really resentful about it where where you're insecure um where where like all all of those and 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 where like like in the movie it's kind of like um substance abuse yeah. and and alcoholism but like for 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 anyone who's who's had like kind of you know um Partner, uh, like uh, yeah or, or like who who's who's had like a problem with themselves that is affecting their relationship like whether it be like depression or any kind of like mental health uh it's very kind of like r- relatable and um to to that extent and made me think like that character needs to leave lady gaga alone um, well, that, that's interesting because there is a push and pull between them at first where Ali, it, it's implied that Ali's father was also an alcoholic because she says like, you'd know all about that dad um, at one point when they're having I an argument. I think he would. Um, but like, there's also like, she she imposes boundaries initially. She's like, look, you have my number. Call. When, he's, when he gets really possessive in the Jeep at the end before he does the, hey, just want to take a look at you. She very clearly establishes boundaries. Like even later on when he comes to her house and is her father lets him into her bedroom to watch her sleep, which was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, but um, even then she draws a line and she's like, I'm not getting on that thing if you've been drinking. But it's kind of weird because then you get to the stage where he's falling over while they have people over it's, after a party and she's thing, making excuses and she's covering for him. It's that thing of a woman be, be, like looking after a man and being their mom. Like that really kind of left a kind of a sour taste, um, with it, because it's not good for the man, and it's it, it's not good for the um, kind of the the, the, woman. the woman or for the relationship. Yeah. And it was just like kind of like I hate these two together. Like well, there there's, there's, there there is a great there is a great chemistry, but she should not be together. It's like he he needs to kind sort of, himself yeah, out beforehand. Yeah. Um, and may, maybe that's kind of like unsympathetic, or but I, but I, yeah. but I think it's sympathetic to her. Yeah. I think she, she's, she is kind of, um, he's, he's very full on Um she's kind of like pushing away. I think she realizes, as you say, the, the kind of red flags there mm-hmm. and I, the, he, he doesn't really kind of, um, he doesn't back off. He doesn't, he doesn't back off. And then she, then he gives her something that, that she can't get. From I guess anyone, anyone else. else, and and that creates a kind of a and, codependency, almost. yeah, an imbalance, and and uh, that it's it's all really kind of bad I, stuff. I and and this... I, I I I imagine people look at it and it's like, oh my god, he's getting her up on stage. That's brilliant, but it's it's there like that's not what relationships are about. Yeah, I, I had a sort of, it was more, it's, when I watched it the second time, it's the bit after she sort of made it, where they're up with friends, and he can barely stand, and he literally just falls over, and she says to friends, oh, he does that all the time, and it, it just, it, it's a small thing that... It's hard to watch. They, and it, it's meant to be, I think it's meant to be yeah. Cooper's getting at it, but I also don't think the film deals with that, especially. They romanticize him and make him this kind of, like, tragic hero. And it it's like oh, sorry, Stacy, sorry. Sorry. I don't. What were you gonna say? It's not. It's not. It's it, like there's been enough kind of real life examples of these people that become posters on 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 teenagers' walls 
without coming up with like fictional versions of them. There's too much romanticization of these sorts of characters already. And it's not it's not good. Um, and yeah, like I I don't like um, the the I guess the movie's kind of like treatment of that. Sorry, Stacey, were you going Sorry. to? Uh, well, I, I want to come back to something from ages okay, ago, sorry. where, sorry. where uh, just where I said that there wasn't a version of this in the 90s. There's kind of a version of this in the 90s, which is The Bodyguard, which has a similar kind of dynamic and tragic ending. Um, but um, I didn't think he was horrible. I actually, it worked on me. I thought he was sympathetic. I don't think the film does overly romanticize his kind of substance abuse problems. I think you see her giving back as, as much as she's getting off him, really. Um and I guess even from early on in the film, he seems just like he's kind of emotionally kind of stunted. And yeah. the scene at the end where he's in rehab and he's talking to, is it his hearing aid guy? Ron Rifkin. Yeah. and Which features like that was a moment I could really relate to as somebody who mispronounces words. Where, mm. like, where he was like, so this, uh, this tinnitus doesn't mm. go away. And the guy goes, well, tinnitus or, or tinnitus... Um, mm doesn't really go away. And I was like, I, I feel like I can relate to Jackson in that moment where it's like the polite, I'm going to correct how you talk, but also answer your question. Mm. But yeah, he's talking to Ron Rifkin. Yeah, no, I just, I, I like that the, the film kind of rounds, like that's a particularly strong example of a scene where it's like, oh, he's never really matured beyond being kind of 12 or 13 years old because he's talking about when I was 12 or 13 years old, I was having to deal with my dad and, and he my talks about the event and... that he replays later in the film. Yeah, and the, yeah, he talks about attempting suicide and he sort of turns it into a joke where he's like, I was more upset that I hurt myself than that it didn't work. And he's kind of laughing about the ceiling fan falling down and all this kind of thing. Was that from any of the previous versions of the movie? Which one, the conversation or the... That conver- the, the like conversation. him trying to kill himself. Oh, him, he kills himself in all three. Oh um, yeah, but the one about him uh, trying that when he's 12 or 13. No. No, because no. that didn't play through at all. Like twelve or thirteen year olds get it. Like they're, they're, it's it's quite rare for a twelve or thirteen year old to 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 attempt suicide. It's well, it's maybe not rare for 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 a twelve or thirteen year old to ideate about it. But what I what I would say is that, um, and this kind of ties back to what Stacey was saying about the perspective being on Jackson is that the earlier films don't always give the male lead a backstory. In particular, like, this version gives Jackson Maine a fully realised family background. It explains his mother died in childbirth. His father was far too old. Oh, all to of that been... was really no, okay. exploitative. Okay, okay, okay. But the point is that, like... It, Do they it... want to throw in something else about the dog getting hit by a car as well? Okay, Andrew. But the point... No, I... but really. Can I, uh, come on. Mm. Like... Okay, but my, my point... Am I wrong? I, I wouldn't entirely disagree with it. Uh, but I would say that it plays more to what Stacey was talking about there, about it being sort of like focused on the male character and the male perspective, in that the characters who commit suicide in the other three versions of the film don't have that interiority. The main characters, as it were, with an E in the main, um, literally don't get that sort of background detail in their lives. They don't discuss earlier suicide attempts. They literally just like, one of, two of them walk off into the ocean to drown themselves, and Chris Christopherson goes off and dr- drunk drives in order to get in a car accident. Um, whereas, and it's interesting because the other earlier versions of A Star is Born continue long after Maine is killed. Long it's after also Maine horrible, has, by the way. Um, I, know, I know it's not important that like characters in a movie are good people. <laughs> like, that's fine. 
if you want to talk about bad people, like, but the the that detail about Chris Christopherson, yeah, was he, was he supposed to be like a sympathetic character in the movie? He was he was arguably the least developed of the male leads, mm-hmm. um, and to the point where Christopherson himself was famously. Um, uncomfortable making the movie there's a wonderful shot where Streisand and they play that bit where you know he invites her up during his concert and she plays music and it's weird that the audience is like okay let's let's let this woman play in this music we've never heard but the Streisand version she plays three songs which is one of those great it's a really great like Streisand is making the movie she wants to make Mm -hmm. but during that there's a quick cut to Chris Christopherson standing on the edge of the stage chewing gum Mm -hmm. and there's almost as if like you're wondering does he know the camera's on him there's always like a, I'm supposed to be in this movie too, right? Qualities. Yeah. Um, but the the, the um, suicide is always a tragedy. I think, a, 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 a big, um, especially because of the people it leaves behind. And what, what, like while if, if, uh, families and loved ones are often devastated, they can often, uh, also often feel quite angry. Yeah. Because there's a sense to which it's 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 a very selfish act. Well, Bobby says Bobby literally says this was no one's fault but his own. Yeah, and it is. And the, 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 like, like, he had those um, those kind of the um, those demons. Then um, and that it, like Ali didn't kind of um, Ali did all she could to help. Yeah, and um, it's not Ali's job to help, and it yeah. wasn't Bobby's job to help either. But no. he did. Um, yeah, but it, the the detail about uh, uh, committing suicide by drunk driving is uh, like the, 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 takes it to kind of like a new level of 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 um like like whatever about it being a selfish act. It, it's There's, kind of self-regarding. Um, like this is, drunk... this is I don't want to derail the podcast. Sorry, this, sorry. This will become yeah, a very yeah, heavy discussion. Yeah, I, I know. But I know. but I will observe that it has been theorized uh, by psychologists. That a certain amount of single person car accidents are arguably or should, you know, whether or not they can or should be considered suicides um, to the point where it, like it was recently a plot point in A Simple Favor as well. There was a question there about a character involved in the car crash, whether it was suicide or not. But there is some debate. Yeah. Among... I mean, we are having a, 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 a kind of a difficult um, conversation, but this is a movie that throws in all of these kind of dark um um, details. details to try and make itself like um, uh, more Im- impactful, and um, and 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 obviously works like um, a, a great deal because this movie is done really well, yeah. and a lot of people love it. And a lot of people love it, and I I, I feel I feel bad, oh, no, kind no, no, of no. like I, I, I want to have the discussion. Gonna... I want to I want to I want to hear more about like why 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 the movie's great. um, Like yeah, yeah. Sorry, so but um, so Stacey, why is the movie great? But um, you were talking a little bit about the scene where he's talking to Ron Rifkin about his ideation earlier on. Yeah, no, I just thought that yeah, that that interiority, as you kind of have said, is something that's unique to this film, and you know, in that way, by developing the character so much, it does kind of come off as like this is obviously Bradley Cooper's movie. Of course, he made this Mm. film because now it's become so much about Jackson as opposed to Ali. Yeah, no, I just I just really, I didn't think he was horrible. I liked him as a, a character. I liked the way that the film dealt with, with his tinnitus. I liked the way that it kind of dealt with, if I would say one thing, like, about the addiction, about his addiction issues, yeah. about his substance abuse issues, um, and there is that scene where he walks into rehab after the event at the Grammys, uh, yeah. 
where it was like, oh no, I've already seen Silver Linings Playbook. I don't want to watch it again. Uh, but it doesn't dwell on it for too long. And what I was, the point I was going to make there is, if anything, I'm like, the film doesn't make him unsympathetic enough or the film doesn't uh, give enough negative emotions to either Jackson or Ali. Like, if I was Ali and he had embarrassed me like that... Yeah, like, she is she very tolerant. Angry. Yeah, she's very yeah. tolerant. All that happens even, is, like, the scene with her where her father pushed him against the wall and says, you did that for my daughter. Yeah, her and father he, gets angry. And even then, his partner's like, that's enough, that's enough. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. suffered enough. The scene in the shower, like, like, throughout the whole thing, up until the very end, like, the thing that sets her off is him uh, saying that she's ugly. But the whole time, like, he's... He's blab he's blabbing away I and he's and and he he's drunk and, and she's kind of like just uh, ridiculing um him rather than kind of like um getting getting like upset about it. It's like, Oh yeah, 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 whatever. You like um come in like um oh yeah, you're having a good time and then she starts like kind of mimicking him and kind of mocking him and all that sort of thing. Which is to like um but never like from never yeah never gets to the point where she's um, going to like not put up with him anymore mm. or, or force him into for, rehab or, yeah yeah and, or not not that it's her place to force him into rehab to be clear that's his decision but, but, the point but, but like in I think in the next scene between them he, he goes uh, comes along and he's like um oh, 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 sorry oh, I think I might have said some things okay oh uh, well, we're talking we're talking about the bath scene. The bathroom scene. Yeah, yeah. After, well, people spend a lot of time after in baths in this film. Um, well, the bathroom scene is, is... I actually really like the bathroom scene uh, because I think it's its one of the most emotionally honest scenes in the film because it's about how two people who really understand each other can hurt each other very well. And it's not just... And you can see it where they begin needling in ways that, like, they don't... I don't think Jackson realises how much he's going to hurt her by questioning her lyrics. She responds by going to the drinking. And when that doesn't quite hurt him as much as she thought it would, she goes to the father. And then when he, when she goes to the father, that sort of sets him off and he finds the button, the big red button that he can push. And it's actually interesting because if you watch the scene... He's he lit- not very good at no, that, though. On. He takes a while to get to no, that but button. He, to be fair to him, he actually tries to avoid early in the conversation. In the, early in the conversation, he literally says, you got this thing like you think you're ugly and the whole world's got to validate you, which is an argument that's premised on the fact that she's not ugly. And he says that 20 seconds before she hits the father thing. And as soon as she hits the father thing, he literally just goes, well, you're ugly. Um, I, I, I thought there was it an doesn't have any weight time. because like he's told her so many times how beautiful she is I think that and if you are vulnerable in that situation if somebody finds that button they can she push she knows it doesn't that, that he's drunk and is trying to hurt her it's so transparent it still ups- it still it still hurts her, but like did like did, it all the stuff about his father is true. Like yeah. he's a complete uh, mess. Oh yeah. Um and and that's kind of like more honest and searing, and also he deserves it because he's come in there trying to start a fight about petty stuff that that he's jealous of. This is interesting because, again, this is where we talk about the movie Cooper thought and, he made and, and the he, movie he made. Because Cooper's argument... And he does oh. thrive on, like, his darkness. Coop- so to make fun of that is, the, is, is, is like, uh, completely appropriate. Where he's, uh, like, I'm a hard, damaged person. Uh, like, um, I have a really sad story and that's why... I, and, and it's... 
it, yeah, it, it's 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 just kind of like get over yourself. But the thing with, um, and this is where it's arguably different in the Cooper, the film Cooper made and the film Cooper thought he was making. He's argued that his version of Star is Born is different from the earlier versions because Jackson isn't jealous of uh, Ali in his version of the film. He argues. What? And I, this is interesting because I think it gets at something. I think that as far as Cooper is concerned, Jackson's critiques of Ali do not come from a place of insecurity or jealousy. I think that the film at some stage expects you to take some of it seriously. Like, it expects you to take this, uh, what does it mean? Why do you come around with an ass like that? Um, I listened to it three times. Can't make sense of it. Um, so Bradley Cooper is a genuine snob. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, but that that's sort of because he very clearly well, based stressed, on what yeah, you said. He very clearly stressed yeah. that there's no jealousy in the film. He doesn't want. He didn't want this to be a film about an insecure man who it's is. It's not. Like, it's not jealousy. It's resentment based on facts. <laughs> is that what he his his argument? Uh, sorry, uh, sorry. I I really do want to to, <laughs> to stop uh, going after this movie and 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 hear a lot of kind of positivity. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It all just kind of grates on me because I thought this was really exploitative. Um, and uh, like, sorry, sorry, uh, go on, go on. Sorry, but yeah, so Stacey, um, Stacey, sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah, just in terms of the, the portrayal of the relationship between Jackson and Ali, like, um, do you what did how did you respond to it? Did you think it was sweet, true, honest? Did you think, like, did you feel it or did it seem exploitative to you? I mean, as I said, the only thing that did strike me is that the film doesn't kind of give them any space to be really, truly negative or constructively critical of each other in the way that I think you would get in a relationship. And maybe that's playing to the kind of romance side of this film. It's like they're 20 year olds. Yeah, or just rather even when she's talking to him in rehab and he has a little breakdown where he's like, I'm so sorry, I can't believe I did that to you. This is terrible. And she's like, it's okay. It's a disease. Like she's, she's... Not even saying like, yeah. okay, I appreciate you apologizing to me because yeah. that was really embarrassing for me. I just absolve like, you of responsibility for your like, actions. I can acknowledge that alcoholism and substance abuse are sort of chemical issues. It's like she's yeah, almost that's turning it into not this, her like, problem, though. Which I thought was, I was like, you're allowed to be angry yeah. at him. You're allowed yeah. to be sad about this. That was the only thing that struck me as not authentic about their relationship because I thought a lot of the rest of it was really, it was played really naturalistically. I thought it was very. Like, the level of dialogue in the film felt very natural. And maybe that's down to the chemistry between the two of them, because I did think they played off each other really well. A lot I mean, of it was actually improvised. Like, apparently the entire oh. drag um, bar sequence with, mm-hmm. I think, is it Shangela and Michael from Drag Race? Shangela and Willem. Shangela and William, apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they were on there. Apparently Shangela was recruited by Gaga herself. Yeah. Like, they actually sent an email saying, LG would love you for this part. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I love that she, like, the, her, Lady Gaga's team initialed her as LG, mm-hmm. um, not Gaga, not Lady, LG. Not Steph. <laughs> uh, not Steph, yeah, you certainly don't call her Steph. No. But uh, apparently a lot of the dialogue was improvised. Um, and yeah, I think you can kind of see that quality in there. There's a lot of naturalism, a lot of improvisation around particular sort of ideas and, and themes and stuff. It's, yeah. No, Sorry. I was just going to say, I would say that makes sense with some of her line deliveries. Because I do think she's very good, but she's also, this is her first big movie. And yeah. I do think it shows at times that she's not the professional actor. I think it works. I think like I think it that does. earnestness sort of works in a sense. There's a few lines that fall a little bit flat where it's like, oh, you learned that off. Like, that's <laughs> not the way a person would say that. But like, it's it's mostly, it works, as you say. 
They sort of bounce off one another. And yeah, stuff like they're that. playing to her chemistry with yeah. him rather than her ability as an to, actress. To memorise lines and to recite lines and to deliver monologues and, and dialogue. Sure, but I thought that, that fight in the bath was very emotionally honest or something. It, it just was very reminiscent of like, if you have ever had an argument with a drunk person or someone who was like, I know exactly what I can say that could like just... Get under the heart. skin in the right way. Yeah. I, I, that, I that, that felt genuine really to well. me. I... Mm. I've had arguments with people where they've done that to me mm. and I've known objectively what they're doing and I know that they know that they can hone in on this one thing that will hurt me mm-hmm. and even though I know that they're doing it and even though they're doing it very clumsily, it still gets at me. It doesn't numb, it doesn't blunt the sort of stab that they're making mm. and I think the film covers that quite well. I like That's the thing with the film. I think that like the whole plot is, is very cleverly premised on the idea there's this weird like is Lady Gaga ugly thing that runs through it and I think the film cannily leans into she's not but she thinks she is and I think that that sort of plays relatively well with that mm. if there's like there's an issue I think if she thought she was ugly she wouldn't get up on a, a stage kind of like in, at a drag like, bar yeah but wearing really- makeup covering her hair and her eyebrows oh maybe maybe yeah like she conceals herself she's literally one of the gay girls she's in a place where nobody would expect to find I'm, her I'm, I'm with Bradley on this by the way it, 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 the, the idea that she finds herself ugly is ridiculous and her nose is fantastic Think about how many drugs you could stuff up there <laughs> um, but yeah so, but uh, I, I think that's an interesting and I think the film this is an interesting thing with the film where it's clear Cooper has put a lot of thought into some of the dynamics at play within the film. Mm-hmm. And like he very cleverly uh, he avoids like that plot point where they're like alcoholism is a disease. Mm-hmm. Which is while it absolves Jackson of a lot of irresponsibility for stuff along with the backstory. The backstory does something similar by explaining how he's as messed up as he is and maybe absolves him of a little personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. It reflects a more modern understanding of how addiction works. There's things like the introduction of the drag bar Whereas like, that's kind of a, a more progressive bent on the story as well, which is kind of interesting. And, and the film sort of avoids, and even the bit at the end where Bobby has the conversation about suicide, and he makes it clear that the suicide was in no way about Ali or about him. It was Jackson. It was all Jackson's internal psychology. Which I think is, you know, it's a little bit like he steers clear of certain minefields that you would expect a film like this to hit. The thing, the thing that struck me about it, and like, I think we... Um, you, you, you Stacey have spoken about it about kind of like the authenticity of this movie I thought it was authentic for people who are there was an authenticity for it for younger for like younger actors to be playing to be playing these characters because I can't believe um, a kind of older presumably mature um, people to be behaving in the way that the characters in this movie behave. I think the it reminded is that me of kind never of matured though. Like Jackson's yeah. still the boy he was. Well, what's her problem? like like how is she not kind of like re- realize very quickly that like I think it, it's like the I suppose the only thing because she kind of pushes him away. Maybe it's just a kind of like drug of like fame or celebrity. But again, like what age are you? Like they they is is. I, I was wondering, like, like should should they have cast uh, younger actors in it? Because it is 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 it is this person in her thirties and has these kind of like stars in 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 her eyes and and is is well, I mean, is, is kind same, of carried away in spite of her better judgment? I mean, okay, well, two things. This 
and not to derail the podcast too much, but I think Stacey sort of hit on this idea earlier on where she talked about like the cycles and iterations of A Star Is Born and why A Star Is Born and uh, is a movie that like Hollywood loves and America loves and stuff like that and why it's something that we remake. And we don't just remake like as A Star Is Born. As you pointed out, it, it filters through stuff like, um, you know, the, the Bodyguard to pick an example. But there are lots of stories about like young artists. The Artist mm-hmm. is another example recently. But like this idea of like fame in the American character and the idea of like, because A Star Is Born is essentially a story story of rebirth and reinvention and this is one of the things that i find interesting about this version where all the other versions portray their male lead as explicitly over the hill like there's a point where in the 1954 version where norman male is told by the studio that he can no longer be the drunken wreck that he is because the studio can no longer cover it up they've reached a point where people or the media right. is covering this stuff it makes and sense so- that he's a bit older yeah and by, like sam elliott and bradley cooper look like they're the same age <laughs> But but what about Lady Gaga? And and sorry, if 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 he's it, so he's that old, but he's uh, he he is no kind of maturity. Yeah, he, he's he's a child. Yeah. In 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 this movie, and maybe you could argue like, oh, um, he he didn't grow up right, um, and then he had uh, he was in this kind of like bubble of fame. But, but is is she is she twenty? No. Is, but, is, what, what's I, what's the story? Well, I mean, the story. Or is she just very kind of like the story is that like the whole point of the story is that like fame is something powerful that you should pursue and something that means a lot. And it is that matter, a story that needs to be told? It's a story. Do you that's... need to convince young people that like you should be excited about fame. Okay, sorry, Andrew's like, getting on about millennials go, here yeah, and I mean, sort of shaking his fist to the sky. But no, I'm like, well, no, it's, no, like it's 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 a problem. It, Why does this movie need to be made now? It because, because Why it, does Bradley Cooper want to make? Because it? it's always been they've always been making this sort of movie. There's always these movies that glamorize this art, and like again, it's part of the. I think it's a, a uniquely American trait: this idea of celebrity and the pursuit of celebrity and the idea of fame but, as something intoxicating and powerful and meaningful. What were and, they saying that was so important? As yeah, well, no, like no. that's the whole thing about the movie is like uh, if you're Andrew, going to say something, you should say something important. Andrew, what did they say? I am not making a moral judgment. You asked a question: Why did this movie get made now? Yeah, I'm explaining why it got made now and why it continues to get made. It continues to get made because this is a fairy tale. This is a fairy tale that means a lot to I believe, particularly the American psyche, which is built on this idea of fame and personal success, individualist triumph. This mm. idea of building monuments, of like recycling the old. Because America is the new world. You literally tear down the old and build up the new in its place. And like, so you have that with like the, the 1954 version, where the old washed up drunk studio star gives way to like the younger ingenue who's more wholesome. You have the 1970s version, where the old country western rocker who mm-hmm. can't write new music gives way to like a 70s funk band. And here, I think, here it gets a bit more complicated, a bit more messy. But I understand why. I like why this, some of those movies there. But I understand why this is a formative movie myth to America and I understand why this movie gets made and I understand why you'd want to tell this story and I understand why that is I don't agree with it entirely I you know I don't want to get up on my horse and shake my fist at the sky and say kids these days are obsessed with selfies and selfie sticks and celebrities it's like a movie like La La Land is guilty of it too where it's like we need more kind of like um, the um, 35 year old waitresses kind of like who, who whose dream is to make it big in, in the movie. But to be honest, though, like that's an aspiration. And movies are about fulfilling or showing aspirations. I think there are 33-year-old people. I know that there's a 32-year-old person in this room who would love, love to have some sort of success in later life at what he tries to do. 
You know, I don't think that when you reach a certain age, you stop giving up on this idea of success or accomplishment. And I can understand that Lady Gaga playing a third thing, Ali is a, like a 30 year old woman here. I don't think it's unfair to present. I don't think you have to present her as washed up or, or you know, arrested development to say that like she finally well, there gets is a arrested shot of development there because like she like completely ignores like we're saying all of the kind of red red flags that it, that 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 a person of that age should know better. And I think that yeah, I think that that's I would that's maybe a problem with the film that I have. But I, again, don't see it an issue with a 30-year-old woman wanting to get famous, which is how we got down No, but that, 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 that's what convinces her. That's what, that's what like, tricks her into the like, I mean, you look uh, at making X, all the... You look at X Factor, and again, we're, we're going to come back to X Factor, because this movie has a very clear ah. opinion on X Factor. But you look at X Factor, and you see people in their 40s or 50s who are still going up there and still pursuing fame as something that's important to them. Right. I think that's reasonable. I don't think that's... Sorry, is reasonable the right word for Okay, it? I think that's something that's reasonable to portray or to assume as something that is interesting and acceptable to an answer audience. Sorry, this is getting very impassioned. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry. But, um, yeah, so no, I mean, do you want to talk about the ideas of celebrity in the film, actually? I mean, sure, yeah. Um, I think that it's a secondary preoccupation yeah. of this film. I don't think the film is about fame. As I said, I think the film is about Jackson Maine. I think there are... The idea of success and celebrity and the link between, you know, success and and fame that this film uh, kind of gets at, where she has to sacrifice certain parts of her identity or change certain parts of her identity to achieve it, and how he feels about that are kind of played with in a very different way than, you know, for example, previous iterations yeah. of this. And it's something in common with, like, oh, that the film has in common with La La Land as well, in that... You have uh, Ryan Gosling's character in La La Land is very judgmental about... No, is it the other way around? Where she's, he's very judgmental about the kind of music that, that John will make Legend him successful. Making, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's like, uh, success via this route is not really it's not very meaningful because and it's not authentic. And there's a similar argument playing through. To don't get me started about <laughs> La La Land. <laughs> I, I suspect that Andrew's entire like contempt for A Star is Born is rooted in the fact that it's yeah. getting, it's John Legend has the conversation with him where he explains that all of the people that you look back to as the kind of classics of jazz, they were all trailblazers and they all kind of like created... Um, and, and a new way to play jazz and you're trying to be stuck in the past and they never were sorry that, that's all I, I, people people who say that like like yeah the the he did have that he did have that issue initially and john legend's character explained to him the problem with that point of view and that's kind of how he got over it but what's sorry different? yeah i guess what's different in this film is and maybe this is something we can flesh out a little bit uh is her music supposed to be bad? Is, yeah, <laughs> this, this is a very a, interesting question, I think, yeah. because to me, her songs are bad. <laughs> and I don't think, like, the songs that she achieves success with, the one we see her, like, performing on SNL. Which um, is, why you gotta come round me with an ass like that? Yeah, what what the, does like, that mean, Stacey? Yeah. I listen to it three times. I listen to it three times. What are you saying? What's, uh, what's the deeper meaning here? Yeah, and again, I wonder if there's, like, a level of meta-commentary going on here as well, in terms of, like, Lady Gaga kind of breaks through with songs where she's saying things like, I want to take a ride on your disco stick, um, and now has gone on to make albums with Tony Bennett, and is yeah. doing these big piano ballads, like... 
Um, there's a very interesting thing there. Because, yeah, because, I mean, like, there's a point where when she shows up in mm. rehab to visit him, and mm. she's wearing the big garish costume, mm. the, her shirt literally says, oh, 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 You can read the rhythm on or there. Or ho, ho, ho. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> either or. <laughs> can't tell. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a Christmas movie. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's Gaga's a, Christmas. Yeah, Christmas jumper just Christmas swaps jumper. the letters. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, there's, it's very much, because it is, the movie is playing, like, Ali is very overtly Gaga in the same way that like the earlier versions were very overtly their own stars. Mm. So for example, performing in uh, drag bars is something that mm. Gaga used to do. Um, her, ed- her education playing piano as a child is something that comes from Gaga's own background. Feeling insecure about her looks and in particular marketing herself with that insecurity about her looks is also something that comes from Gaga's background. Mm-hmm. And what made me a little bit uneasy with the film um, is the fact that like it also then introduces this, let's call him poor man Simon Cowell uh, yeah. character. In he there. sucks. I hate <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Well, um, I have things to say about him. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him in a moment. Yeah. But like, it introduces this character who tries to control her image. But what he does is he tries to control her image to make her look exactly like Lady Gaga. At one point he says, your hair, could mm. we make it platinum? Mm-hmm. Um, how about backup dancers? How about pop music? How about not playing the instrument on stage while you sing? Mm-hmm. This sort of stuff. In terms of collabs, I was thinking Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it very much has this sort of weird sense. And it's, it's kind of, because this is, I think, what Andrew is getting at when he said, like, is it a rock movie? Because it has, like, and in terms of how Cooper shoots the film, it's very mm-hmm. 70s. There's a lots of long takes. Mm-hmm. There's a really great, the really great long take where she leaves her job after throwing out mm-hmm. the garbage and it follows her as she walks along and she sings the opening verse of Somewhere Over the Rainbow mm-hmm. as the title cards materialize. Yeah. Um, which is just a beautiful Maybe you think shot. of Judy Garland. That's well. exactly. Yeah. Or even like, and the performance shots which get really close up in his face with the lighting there. It's very mm-hmm. intense. Like, it's very clear that Cooper's modeling the film style on like 70s Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also in terms of the film's aesthetic the film is very much tied to I mean I don't know how much you guys know about the history of rock and roll but rock and roll is, is predicated on this idea of authenticity and is openly has in the past been openly contemptuous of anything that challenges what it deems to be authenticity which is largely a guy with a guitar standing on stage singing about his soul bearing his soul for the audience so for example you think about Chicago in the 70s where there were literal riots of people burning disco albums mm-hmm. you think of for example how long it took for black artists and for female artists to be represented in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame I think there were seven female artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by 1999 to pick an example I think there were 13 by 2015 what are we talking about? we're talking about rock and rock's authenticity and rock's sort of like idea of what authenticity is. What does that got to do? With, um, sorry, I don't. I, I, the 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 connection there. The connection there is that rock has always been sort of scared of things that are not rock and roll, that are not traditionally so rock. What? Music. Sorry, uh, so like black the, people and women aren't rock and roll. Well, rock is a very. It's traditionally been. So a, you do, no, those are two things. It's it's uh, like the 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 connection of rock with authenticity. Is 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 um is quite is quite different to the control that um white uh, stupid people. white people have of yeah, of, of 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 rock. This sort of thing. Ba- I think yeah, they're related. I think they're the exclusion. But yeah, that's it. I think the exclusion of women and black people from traditional like alt- you know from the idea of authentic rock music. But authentic is, is rock to- music is black music. Maybe it is to you, but to like to the people who control say the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Or other institutions. Yeah, but that's like the so white and naff and to like people burning disco albums. It's not um, that. Like I, I don't think that. Like I think it's a reasonable connection to draw in this context. But anyway, 
the film's sort of like the film's idea is very much anchored in this idea of like seventies authenticity. Um, and in terms of like the aesthetic and way the Cooper in the way that Cooper shoots it, where he shoots very naturalistic style, the way he performs, where he mumbles his lines in a very naturalistic way, so there's no clear enunciation there. And there's a sense that it's maybe a so little very terrified, pretentious. Yeah, like it's the opposite of a, a authentic. But it's authentic in the way the pretentious people think authentic is, and it's afraid. Yeah. It seems very afraid of like as much as you can blame. And we'll come back to like poor man Simon Cowell character in a moment. As much as you can say that like the film's like poor criticism of pop is a criticism of him, it's telling that it dresses up Ali exactly as Lady Gaga after introducing her as Lady Gaga. And presents this idea that, like, Lady Gaga's persona with her dyed hair, her dance numbers, her production value, that that's somehow less authentic and less valuable than sitting on stage with a piano. Um, And, like, it gets to the point... Bradley Cooper agrees with that, which is the real kind of messed up thing about this Mm -hmm. movie. I know, I find that a little bit dark as well in terms of, like, is he presenting Ali as Lady Gaga? Yeah. And is there, as I said, this kind of meta commentary going on about how she dyed her hair and started writing these very, you know, silly pop songs? Um, and, you know, is he presenting her kind of initial yeah. and they... persona as inauthentic? But I have a theory as well about mm. the way that the film presents her pop music uh, and how that relates to kind of Jackson's character. He's someone who throughout the film he seems very interested in how things work and in kind of mechanical like things he can touch like this is a very sensory film in a lot of ways there's lots of well the touching of the nose the rubbing of the face mm. and the donut and stuff like that it's very yeah sensory. there's there's a lot of tactility in him like he he seems to like things he can see uh, or things he can touch you know and there's that line in the song uh, you know folks like to believe in the things they've heard and what they've read but he's like Maybe he's the opposite. He likes to believe in the things that are right in front of him. Mm. And with rock music, he's like, I play the guitar this way and it makes this noise. And I take this guitar string and I loop it and it's a ring. It's like he believes in these very visible... You know where the pliers are, right? Yeah. (laughs) So he's he's someone who likes to know how things work and how how moving things and shaping things uh, within the world make things make sense. I don't know that that made sense. But with pop music, with the kind of music that she's making, it's all done on computers. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a box and you press a button and it starts doing like a beat. But there's, you know, there's no piano. There's no guitar. That's such ridiculous snobbery, though, because like he's Mm. plugging his guitar into an amp. Like this is snobbery that is just kind of like gone into a new generation Mm. where it's like, Mm. what I'm doing is fine, even though when Mm. people did it first, there was a lot of snobs like me who thought it wasn't fine, but now it's okay. And it's, it's ironic that kind of Bradley Cooper has these genuine ideas about high art and low art. Because it, it's he, he's well, he's trying trying to make a kind I mean, of a prestige. Is he critiquing that by representing that though? By showing a character who's like, I think that music's inauthentic. Like, is that actually what he believes, or is he like opening that for criticism? It sounds from what you've said that that he takes himself very seriously. Well, there's the famous story where, like, from and again, this is something where, like, again, it's hard to distinguish the publicity campaign from A Star Is Born from the narrative of A Star Is Born. But the famous story in the New York Times profile piece, which opened with, "I want you to take it off," 
Bradley Cooper tells Lady Gaga. And it turns out that he's talking about her makeup. He literally walks across the set and removes her makeup with a wipe mm. because he doesn't want any inauthenticity in the film. Now, that's not musical related, but it's... Mm. I he wonder really if gets thought... into character for this movie. <laughs> like, he definitely went method. Like, did did. It, 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 in playing an insufferable character. I'm really sorry. I'm yeah. going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, very mean towards Bradley Cooper. Um, How did we feel about Bradley Cooper priest A Star Is Born? Interesting. Yeah, I think um, I think he works very well in The Hangover. Mm-hmm. I think his um, I haven't seen American Sniper. I've I've seen him. In, well, I haven't I haven't seen You've him. Heard I've him. heard him <laughs> in in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I think he's bad. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, okay. I do. I said this oh. in, uh, in the, in the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Two. Listeners can listen back. <laughs> um, we, um, if you want to trace the like root a, of Andrew's strong Bradley Cooper opinion, yeah, like Ro- Rocket Raccoon is 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 probably one of the worst things for me of those uh, uh, <laughs> two Cinematic movies, universe. and I really like the first one. Um, but um, there, there's there. Um, sorry, I've completely forgotten the question. The question was, how did you feel you about like Bradley Cooper? How did I feel about Bradley like Cooper? Not, not good, because I've seen him in like American Hustle. That movie was garbage, and he was he was um, not, not not terribly good in it. It's very difficult to uh, take him seriously. I thought like, um, um, and then it's like stuff like Silver Linings Playbook and Joy and that, where he's. he's I- I'm gonna stand, uh, I'm gonna be the un, the unconventional person who stands up for Bradley Cooper here. I think his persona is not great. I think he gives terrible, terrible interviews. I think that there is perhaps, and again, I don't want to. I hate to be this sort of like picking at his psychology of a guy I've never met in a in a position I've never been in that I can't really judge what it's like. But there's a sense of almost like resentment of some of the stuff that made him famous in the way that he talks, in that he wants to be taken seriously as an how, artist. How but can I think, he act like a big shot? I don't understand that. I like think, he, he the, the the how how can he not be down to earth considering how long it took him to break for, through. Yeah. Um I think that he also was was very unhappy while he was trying to break through. And I think that when he broke through it may it may not have been the way that he wanted to break through. I think that he wanted to do films like this from the outset and the fact that he ended up doing three hangover films and voicing a cartoon raccoon you know, maybe was not the path that he charted out. But, hold on, I, I promised I would say something nice about Bradley Cooper, so I will say something nice about Bradley Cooper. One Please. Of the, one of the... <laughs> sorry, Bradley. Uh, one of the things I really like about Cooper as an actor is that you will very rarely say that Cooper is the best part of any film that you've watched. But, what well, he does... the nice thing. This though. is the nice thing. There's a butt there. The butt was very important. I like big butts and I cannot lie. But, the thing about Cooper in movies is he's a very generous supporting performer when he's on screen with other actors. And when he's part of an ensemble, he seems like he genuinely understands that he's not the focus of attention in films that are not this one. So hold on, Andrew's gritting through teeth. But if you think that's about... a really backhanded compliment. No, no, no. But, no it's it's like, I'm, I'm he gets g- that he's not the best. Uh... No, no, he gets that he doesn't have the showy role. I think, for example, of like The Hangover, where it's very clear that uh, Zach Galifianakis is going to be the breakout star. And Cooper understands that his role is to be the straight man and to sell something bad happened. Like that opening monologue is really committed in that first Hangover movie. The something bad happened, it's terrible uh, phone call sort of thing. But even if you look at stuff like, say, his work in The Wedding Crashers, where he plays dopey boyfriend, the guy who throws his tie over his shoulder before boxing. He's fine in small roles. Yeah, but I mean, even if, like, I know that people don't like American Hustle, don't like Joy. 
um, and even Silver Linings Playbook. But when you watch his performances, he gives a lot of space to his co-stars. In particular, Jennifer Lawrence. Like, because those are all, like, Jennifer Lawrence Oscar movies. Mm. Um, and it seems when you watch them that Cooper isn't trying to muscle her out of the frame. Uh, yeah. When he's on stage, he's well aware that, like, she's the one the camera's watching. She's the one who's going to get the awards. Love for this. And you'll see that in particular with... Hold on, hold on. You see that in particular with his relationship with Clint Eastwood, for example. Where, like, after he did A Star is Born, which is going to be this big prestige picture film that is going to get him either, either and or an Oscar nomination for Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Picture... He still went back to Clint Eastwood, who is an actor who he very clearly admires, director who he very clearly admires, and took this tiny, tiny supporting role in The Mule, where he's like fourth or fifth listed in the credits, because I he wanted to work with... side of The Mule. <laughs> yeah. thank you for that, Andrew. But I, I think that that says something about him. Like, I don't think he's entirely, like, an ego-driven monster as much as, like, we may like to, you know, as much as, like, we can quote from him and sort of, like, argue in that way. Like, I think he is a very generous collaborator. Like, I think he understands that Lady Gaga is going to get an Oscar nomination for this. And I think he gives a room in it. I do think that he writes the best part for himself, perhaps. And I think the film shifts its focus to the male lead more than the other films. And I think that the difference between this version of Star is Born and the earlier versions is the earlier versions understand the song Maybe It's Time to Let the Old Ways Die. Whereas this version seems less willing to accept that A Star is Born is a resurrection tale. It's Hollywood dying and then coming back. This version is much more fixed on the idea. And there's this weird Jesus metaphor after he passed away. Obviously he's got the beard and stuff. When he passes away, his brother talks to Ali and says that, I heard people playing his music, talking about him like they knew him. First I was angry, didn't know why. Then I figured, well, they finally love him. Um, which is very like, oh, well, at least he's finally getting the appreciation he deserves. And the fact that the movie ends, it ends, first of all, like, as much as he's been telling her to be herself and to be authentic for the whole film, how does she end the film? She ends the film by singing a song that he wrote for her about how she will never love anyone again. Um, and not only does she end the movie by singing a song saying she will never love anybody again that he wrote for her, the movie ends itself by cutting to him on the piano playing it for her entertainment so that you can get a sense of, like, this is how it's meant to be played. It's a very strange dynamic of play there. Would, I mean, would, would you have... Um, you, you've spoken a lot about how um, Jackson has, like, the bigger role. Would you have liked um, Ali to have more uh, uh, space because uh, as, as Darren says uh, Bradley gives her those kind of lacunas to step into <laughs> thank you uh, lacunas are very 250 words <laughs> yeah no I do think that I really like the way they introduce her character when she's breaking up with her boyfriend in the bathroom at work yeah. and then you see that she's she's got this hey. job and she's got this hey. manager um, and I would have liked to see her um have some female relationships she's pretty much the only woman in the film and i think that was a very conscious decision it's like she's supposed to stand out it's like so if she's going to perform in a bar it's going to be in a drag bar and she's going to have a best friend but it's going to be a a A young gay man and she's she's gonna have you know people around her at home but it's her dad and all of his friends um However, I saw the film a second time because I was like, so this film doesn't pass, you know, the Bechdel test. And you can say whatever you like about the Bechdel test. It's not an indicator of a film's yeah. quality. It wasn't but, come up with by a critic either. No, yeah. but it actually does. And that tells you 
how bad it is as a gauge of meaningful <laughs> female character development. Um, after... I'm trying to think now. Hold on. I'm trying to actually, like, how much work it will take for me to reach that point. Mm. Yeah, is it like, when she's talking woman. to the uh, cash register? Uh, person does she does she bag. happen to have her name bag so she's a named character talking to her about cheetos so it's not about a male character um yeah it's like name another woman in the film it's very difficult I, w- I only saw it because i was looking out for it she doesn't have a second name until the very end oh. of the film when she says i'm ali main which is very deliberate. It's not her second name yeah uh, well it yeah. is now but yeah. it wasn't at yeah. the beginning so it's it's interesting that like but who who does she speak to? Yeah. So when she's taken to the concert, they open the car door and there's a woman there. She says, "Hi, Ali. I'm Gail. Here's your backstage pass." And then she's like, "This is crazy. This is wild." And she's like, "Yeah." And uh, you're gonna need these in your monitors. Just, uh, that's the the point at which the film passes the Bechdel test, which tells you that the Bechdel does, test tells you nothing does about it. It, it does female indicate, character. It does indicate the opposite, though. Like the Bechdel test, the fact that so few films pass like the mm-hmm. measure that like a star is born tripped over with "Here's your backstage yeah. pass" indicates I, how bad like the situation is. I don't yeah. know if it does pass the test though. Because she's like, hi, you must be Ali. Uh, come with me. I'll introduce myself. Let's go to the man. Yeah, there was like a cut. Yeah. There was a cut scene where they were like on their way. It's like, hey, do you know what? Before we go back, let's just get to know each other a little bit. Let's talk about something that we can relate about, rather than bringing you like directly to see Traffic this guy. Was crazy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean. In terms of her interiority and her character development, I might have liked a little bit more. Even immediately after her husband dies, you just have this very brief scene of her with the best friend where, you know, he said, I, I can, can move stay. him if you like. I can come here. Do you want to talk? She's just kind of like sitting there, shaking her head. And so you've got a lot of empty nothing. rooms in this house, I notice. <laughs> so. um, and I know that the song at the end is supposed to be kind of her response to all of this, where she's kind of asserting... Her identity as being forever linked to his. Um, As written and dictated by... By the man who was playing him and... And yeah, and then sitting... I got a song for you. (laughs) It's about how you'll never love anyone again. (laughs) Even after I'm dead. (laughs) I will say, I I cried a lot when it cut back to Bradley Cooper. Oh, on the piano, the little short scene. Yeah. I mean, there's a bit of that in there where, like... um, and it's even that the bit where he's like, I thought you might find it when you got back to you as well, which is a really weird sentiment. It's like, mm. I thought you might appreciate the words that I want to put in your mouth when you decided to be authentic. I, no, I thought that maybe he'd written the song oh, like, she for her, but it was from his perspective. Oh, okay. As in, he was worried that like they were going to break up or whatever when he wrote oh, okay. the song. So he was kind of saying, I'll never love anybody ever again because we're breaking up because oh, okay. I embarrassed myself, you that's and a, myself at the Grammys that's and you're going to leave read. me because that, I'm a terrible drunken mess. That's a much more that, generous read. That's that, how that, I read it. There was going to be like a recurring thing through mm. the movie where it's like, um, okay, you're, you're doing so well now. 
It's like um, you've 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 cleaned yourself up. Don't mm. piss yourself again. Mm. And then there was going to be like several scenes where he's like, "Oh no, I've pissed myself again." Yeah. Where you- where where like that was going to be the recurring thing. Yeah. It's not his alcoholism or his drugs. Public urination. It's public <laughs> urination. Of- it's wetting his pants. Yeah. No, no, but I mean, that, you said that, but that, I actually that, thought that was really that bring, effective. Brings him. To, I actually thought that to, was a really effective way of like demonstrating his public yeah. humiliation. Now, should be noted that in. This drinking prob- drugs wasn't enough. But again, this this it, is probably worth tying back to the other films because in the other films, what happens is the main character hits um, his mm. wife. He hits her. At, now it's absent-minded in both versions that I've seen. Yeah, but he like strikes her physically uh, while he's drunk, mm-hmm. and it seems like Cooper looked at that and said, "Nope." Just like there's no jealousy in my script, there's going to be no spousal abuse either. So we need to find a way for Jackson to like humiliate himself and to reach rock bottom where. It's just oh, he definitely, yeah, he definitely humiliates himself. Like, like he he's a very kind of humiliated um, character, and like the the way the way he goes as well. Um, the um, the 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 jerk kind of agent manager. Oh, yeah. he poor man, so let's like, talk about poor man Simon yeah. Cowell because Stacey so wanted to say like, something about him. I think. Yeah. Um, he's terrible in that. <laughs> but. He's actually kind of trying to do the right thing for her. Like, he's actually giving her pretty good career advice and management. Yeah. Like when, you know, he goes and he has that conversation with Jackson about, like, we've had to do so much damage control since you've been in rehab. And it plays really badly because we like Jackson, yeah. we're sympathetic to Jackson, uh, or we're supposed to be. But he's right. He would have had to do a lot of work to try and save Ali's career. But I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's more the character establishing moment, like before Ali gets famous, where the two of them are sitting in the posh hotel room drinking, like, and oh, they both have glasses. Oh, my favourite bit of dialogue. And, the there's this, and there's the moment oh. where like, to immediately establish in case, like he's an agent and he's British. He's a manager and he's British. Those is he British or is he like Australian? Or, okay, but he's foreign. Um, he's, he's, an agent. Are... he's an agent and he's foreign. South African, worse. Okay, but he's an agent and he's foreign. And so you're immediately like that's two strikes against him mm-hmm. and the movie almost he's not American he's not American mm-hmm. let's, let's put it that way mm-hmm. he's not American and he's a manager type so mm-hmm. it's all about numbers so you know immediately you're supposed to hate him and then you get this wonderful exchange out of nowhere okay. where Jackson like asks a legitimate question about like touring in uh, I think I don't know if it's touring in Europe or if it's the album launch or this and this stuff it's touring and, in Europe and, yeah. and your man responds with no drink question mark to which Jackson responds with no socks um, which is a nice bit of deflection, but it yeah. immediately establishes His the agent. His defense is like, actually, I am wearing socks. They're <laughs> they're little uh, female slip-ons. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting <laughs> bit of language. Actually, it's like they're these little female ones. That just uh, slip yeah, on. yeah. Like I've never heard that as term a, used before. As those little slip-on. No, I'm not that ridiculous. Yeah. I'm just wearing female slip-ons. <laughs> they, they, you think I don't wear any socks? I do. They're female slip-ons. Male slip-ons um, chafe too much. Yeah, um, they, the um, they're like they're ridiculous. They, 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 well, sorry, sorry. When 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 I I thought about that later in the movie when he kind of comes in and says like um, we have to do so much triage because mm-hmm. of you, and it's like we all just think it would be better if you leave her alone and maybe kill yourself or something. I felt like it's like well, you've no socks. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved Jackson yeah. <laughs> the day I take advice from a non-sock wearing fool like you. Yeah. Um, what you've said is true, but, but like, you've no socks. It's the it's, yeah. It's it's not just the like damage. I do control, have socks. I am like, checkmate, mate. 
Because, um, we, we, like, I mean, if you listen back to, like, the One Flow Over the Cuckoo's Nest episode, I was like, isn't there a Ratchet really such a bad person? I have a sort of soft spot for authority <laughs> figures. But it's the bit where he goes, like, it's not just, we had to do so much triage while you were in rehab. Um, I don't, he's had three different accents on this podcast already. But... <laughs> no, I think this is it's good. A bit, it's the bit where he goes, uh, now... Whatever you're drinking at the moment, we know it's only so long before you trade what's in that bottle for something harder. And it's like... Like some piss down your pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... We know what you really want to do is wet your pants. <laughs> in public. And it's only a matter of time. <laughs> before you do it again. And it's, the, it's the level You've of... You've got like... that sickness for the pissness. It's, it's, it's the level of, like, bluntness. And again, like, I don't hate it. I don't dislike it as much as Andrew does. But it's similar to, like, Jackson Maine's tragic backstory. Where like this character so exists, transparent. Well, that's it. It's, it's, it's that this character exists so that like Jackson Maine's suicide like isn't even just a result of like his own internal psychology or his own issues. You can actually point to like when Bobby says, "Wasn't your fault? Wasn't mine? It was all his." The audience is going, "No, no, it wasn't. It was like pint-sized Simon Cowell's fault," um, which is yeah. Because the film positions it, it's quite the, like, as yeah, you point they, out, it's they, a triggering moment. He may as well him. have, like, just put a gun on the table and said, there's one in the chamber. Um, nice belt you're wearing. That looks like a That's what makes a him a great way. manager. <laughs> he knows <laughs> what you need before you do. Yeah. Yeah, he knows yeah. what you need and your spouse need yeah. before they do. It's like, I see you're still with that uh, Jackson Maine. That's great. <laughs> I think it would be better if you weren't. <laughs> but, I mean, this is the thing. I, and again, I'm entirely on Ali's side where she's like, uh, you know, Jackson's going to come on tour with me. And he's like, you have to know there's no way that this can happen. And she's like, dude, you're my manager. This is like your job description. I tell you I want you to do something and you do it. That is like your sole purpose. Fergie pissed her pants and she was never able to get over it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, sorry, Fergie. No, I was just going to say, logistically, uh, they... You know, they could make that happen, but I think he's saying in terms of her image, in terms of her stardom, it's like, there's no way we can make that happen. You are your own pop star now. It's not you and your husband. It's you, Ali. It's like, he's saying there's no way that can happen because he's this troublemaker. The amount of work they had to do for that incontinence charity. (laughs) (laughs) And it was all, yeah. It was all all Ali. If he goes to Europe, it was all just pissed down the drain. Yeah, it's (laughs) over for him. Um, but no, I mean, I thought that's that, I thought that was interesting. That like, I hate that guy. I hated that character. As soon as he comes on screen, immediately I was like, oh, I don't like him. He's going to be trouble. <laughs> and you have him being like, how about we change your hair? And how about he, you have backup dancers? Yeah. And he's like, oh, there's the moment she should change her hair. She should have backup dancers. It's just like just good. It's, it's, it's actually there's a in moment terms where... of crafting an image for her and making her successful. It, it that's is. the kind of music she should be making. That's what she should look like. That's how fame works. And again, maybe the film is critiquing that by having him be so unlikable. <laughs> but it's like, he's actually but, right. Like, if you're, if you're going to make him that kind of transparently, unambiguously unlikable, mm. how is she meant to be so bowled over by him? I guess because like, when she meets him, she's like, I know who you are. She, like, he's established. I, again, so she, she comes... He'll make her I mean, like, the persona... Like, again, he's meant to be Simon Cowell. Simon mm-hmm. Cowell's persona is that he's not a nice person, but he will make you famous. No, but again, she comes across like, like somebody who has no kind of emotional maturity. Because it's like, mm-hmm. he said such nice things about me. He, he, said I, that, he said that he liked me and he thinks he can do great things for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like... She, it's, it's it's somebody who 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 lacks kind of um, uh, depth and kind of self confidence. Jackson does then affirm that. Yeah, he's like 
come with me to Memphis and we'll, uh, we'll go to the show together. And she's like, no, uh, my manager, he wants me to stay here because the record's doing so well. I was like, listen to the things you're saying. You're doing so well. I'm so proud of you. It's like, so he's actually affirming that idea yeah. of like, yeah. this is good. No, it's good that you're, you're thinking this way. Which again, maybe does play to both of them being a Immature. little bowled over yeah. by yeah, being famous and successful or just counter argument to what we were saying earlier about like is it really believable that they behaving be yeah. behaving this way they're in love they're in love with each other they're like their brains are Sweat all mushy over. yeah they're they like married you're like, right they <laughs> decide on on the day to get married which is fine for kind of like young love or um but the idea is you're only as young as you feel or you know like you're only like the idea is like it's a movie that i, I think doesn't and it, particularly the earlier iterations as well don't like try to avoid cynicism and this is what I talked about earlier. Eddie Griffin was, like, was in town. Yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't have wanted to get married <laughs> under yeah, those circumstances? Yeah. Like, we can wait a day and get Frankie or Fearson, but uh, yeah, I, I think Griffin. Ladies and Eddie gentlemen, here do you want to get married? <laughs> you want to take him or some sort of... Fun, um, fun fact, and, the 1977 version almost starred Elvis. Oh, really? Just when he mentioned like getting married by a celebrity, it's like yeah. that was the image that popped into it's my the head. the ultimate. But sorry. I was just going to say, I don't know if this is reaching, but when he makes her the ring out of the um, guitar, guitar string. string, the string, then later on he hangs himself. There's something about loops. There was oh. a nice, sort of weird sort of parallel between mm. like making the, the ring, making a little loopy. Did you notice the op- the way he's introduced when he gets into the car? There's a big neon sign with, with literal nooses. Yeah. Like there's three nooses on a neon sign mm. as the car is driving out the window, which I only tweaked the second mm. time. Yeah, um, but I, I, yeah, I don't. That was kind of even just the image of it, and I'm like, I don't yeah. really know how to read this other than just yeah. very blatant foreshadowing. Yeah. I mean, well, there's there's a lot of and like to be but fair. The actual to... making of it, I thought was interesting. Making the ring. Well, that's what you said. Something physical, something mm. material, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of interesting because Cooper does this a couple of times as well, where he'll play scenes out from different vantage points. Mm. Like he'll select, and again, this is like. I don't know how cynical to be about this because it's like the other star is born is about like the death of one star and the birth of another. Mm. This is a more symbiotic and codependent relationship because obviously like the weird thing is like Jackson Maine is not a washed up Jackson Maine is not a washed up country star because he's still like he's still performing at Glastonbury for example he's still mm-hmm. performing at Coachella he's still performing to sell out crowds he's still able to like fly alley across the country whereas in the other versions the actor is very much on the way down and washed out but the interesting thing is that like you have this thing that plays out where Car- where he'll play a certain scene and then he'll repeat it later on. So, for example, the scene where Ali is collapsed in her bed and Jackson is staring down at her, which is obviously parallel later with when he went- ends up in Dave Chappelle's daughter's room and she's suddenly staring down at him as well. There's this interesting sort of mirroring. There's a lot of scenes in bathtubs, for example. She hides in the bathtub when she's about to go out and perform her first or launch her first album. They have the fight while she's in the bathtub. They I have- thought that was like a Streisand homage because it- there's a lot of bathtubs oh, the Streisand one. there is there's a montage set to a um, like baroque yet funky version of Moonlight Sonata mm-hmm. um, in the 1976 yeah, version so in which Christofferson and Streisand make love to one another uh, including a candle on a beer can uh, which is like the perfect like they make cinema. love to a candle and a beer can no uh, buy a candle that's on a beer can Oh, okay. Like, I mean, if you want to, like, the perfect, like, romance and alcoholism imagery right there. Mm -hmm. But there is, there's also this nice motif that he has with faces, Mm -hmm. where he's always blowing up faces on the big screen. So when she performs Shallow for the first time on the, or, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the first time or the second time, but when she's on the piano playing it, Mm -hmm. there's the cameraman and her face is big on the screen. There's the bit where she's staring out at the billboard of herself, and he's like, that billboard should just be your nose, so all the people can say, that's my nose. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then there's the bit later on where he's at the Grammys and he dazzles, he wanders up and he's like, um, your face, it's all big. Um, and there's this interesting thing throughout about like celebrity and stuff. Like, this is the thing where I think that this is Cooper commenting on celebrity because there's a weird, like, you're meant to feel sorry for Jackson because he's a celebrity. Like, there's a weird sense throughout that, like, being a celebrity is really tough on Jackson. So, for example, where he's talking about how that's something that happens when you get famous, people start saying your full name. Or the bit where the cashier takes a picture. And because he's cool, because he's totally cool, he's like, oh, it's all right. Ali is the one who goes, it's not all right. Mm. Um, And it happens throughout where, like, the guy at the cop bar wants to take a picture and it's, like, presented as intrusive and Ali punches him Mm. after he calls her a whore. But there's this weird sense that runs through it that, like, being a celebrity is really, really freaking hard. Yeah, which is what makes this a vanity project. But I, 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 I don't think my cynicism was the major problem I had with this movie. I think it's all that food they didn't need. Yeah, when they, another when, 250 trope. Yeah. amounts of food waste. When they, when they when, smeared donuts on top of each no, other's but faces. No, like, but, like, when they, when they ordered breakfast, the amount of breakfast they ordered was <laughs> insane. Um, and 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 uh, like I just have to hope that I, after after going back to bed to presumably have have sex for a bit that they returned to eat uh, <laughs> the, the remains of that. Yeah, but it's so difficult being a celebrity. It is. Um, I was more thinking of like the bit where they cover each other's faces with uh, that as donuts, well, which I think is a nice. It's a, they do that repeatedly it's in the a movie. Very evocative image because it feels like again Cooper's playing with celebrity because you have the, the food. idea that her face is ubiquitous. So what you do is you cover his or her face and you make them anonymous and they become people to another. They stop being Jackson Maine and they become Jack, you know? Mm-hmm. Which I think is an interesting... I like it's a, it's a very nice visual motif that Cooper does. It's a very directorly thing that Cooper does, I think. Like, you, you, you talk about how this is a movie about kind of like how, how um, in part about how being a celebrity is tough because it's different to being kind of like a regular person. And there's all these drawbacks, like people, ad- people's adulation. <laughs> um, um, it is so, hard being an icon. Yeah. So like, how do we feel about that? Again, I think that's part of the, the myth. I think that's part of, again, I feel like that's yeah, inherent to the, the star is born. And I mean, it, it, like, these are people is, who make movies and are celebrities making uh, movies about kind of... Well, this is Hollywood uh, loving itself. Like, yeah. This is, this is like Argo, for example, the artist. Um, yeah. I mean, even if you want to go back it's, to the early version of Star is Born, Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. Like, it's, it's a big problem with Hollywood especially because of the amount of money it takes to make a movie. So, like, say with a musician, you can have, like, a good first album from a musician where they can talk about, like, having working class problems. As soon as that uh, album takes off, like, I think it was, like, um, what was that band? They had, like, um, uh, Stars of CCTV or something. Was it called Hard Fire? But they had, like, they had all those songs, like, Living for the Weekend and um, all those, which which kind of really captured, like, uh, how, how a, a, a lot of people... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was kind of like working class songs, but they're on like MTV too. And um, I think what's his name, Zane Lowe, was asking them. So now that you've made lots of money, what's your second album going to be? <laughs> and they were like, "Well, yeah, we're kind of having difficulty with that ourselves." <laughs> we can't quite relate. Sa- to same it. same thing with like Pink Floyd, where they were like a, a a a leftist kind of rock band, and then made all of this money. So it's like, how do we respond to that? Let's uh, do Make a song called Money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And where, Wish You Were Here as well. But it's a re- being a, you know, a lead role in a cage. 
it's a real it's a real problem with Hollywood unless they're kind of making fun of themselves. And even then, it's kind of like uh, masturbatory because like like we're depending on you to make movies for us, not about you. And to be clear, actually, just to give a sense of how about Hollywood or how inside baseball these movies are, the 1954 version of A Star is Born has a starring credit for the Academy Awards statue. It actually has, like, the opening credits have a title card that's given over to the Academy Awards statue and is featured with the kind permission of the Academy Awards. Um, that's Who how we really like. Yeah, so please feel free to give us one to take home ourselves. But, I, like, I, again, I don't think this is a problem specifically with this film. I think it's a cultural thing. And I think it's a problem with tons broad. of movies, but yeah. this is, like, an example of it. Yeah. And, and yes, I loved La La Land. Which so, is, yeah. so this is a very similar movie to La La Land without quite so many kind of exploitative um, uh, uh, parts to it. It's like, let's take something like La La Land but but make the characters the characters worse, so you kind of like create that sort of like um, ten, tension there. Where like like I could believe um, the 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 characters the in that movie, yeah. yeah, the stone character. I think yeah. I think that like like I could believe the characters in this movie. What I couldn't believe is anyone putting up with them, <laughs> like with any sense. Um, um, yeah. yeah, if yeah. But, uh, so Stacey, what about you? What do you think about the, like, the Hollywoodization of this or like the Hollywood nature of the story? Or is that not what it's about to you? Is that well, that's what I was saying earlier, is I think the themes of fame and celebrity are really secondary in this to their relationship. And I guess what's interesting is how does the fame, how does his fame and her fame interact with their relationship and their love for each other? And I think the, the film is trying to suggest that they love each other and they'll come through it and it doesn't matter if they're both equally famous or she's more famous than him or he's more famous than her what it's about is kind of their kind of human connection um but there was also i had this feeling kind of watching it that like bradley cooper doesn't totally understand modern pop stardom maybe because he's an actor as opposed to a pop star but a lot of scenes like oh she's going to go on snl and she's going to perform (laughs) on snl where Alec Baldwin is hosting. It's like Alec Baldwin hosting that, that I guess uh, Bradley Cooper might know that's a big deal. But um, yeah, just in terms of that being an indicator that she's made it or like her winning a Grammy for best new artist. With like, Adele. Um, like, a, like Adele. Like Adele? Well, no, sorry. Adele won the album over, was that the controversial one recently? Where that was the how out of touch the Grammys were? They awarded I mean, it to Adele like over Beyonce. every oh, year um, in terms of like, oh, these are so out of touch. Yeah. This person didn't win and they're popular and this person won. Who, who cares about them? Um, but yeah, just the Grammys is like an indicator of like how we're supposed to know she's successful and like this giant billboard. With her nose on it. With her face on it. Just in terms of like representing her stardom, I thought was communicate in kind of odd ways because it's yeah. like one moment she's playing at this like pharmaceutical convention <laughs> with backup dancers and the next she's on SNL I think he plays at the pharmaceutical convention because that was one of my my Darren's feel bad laugh of the movie mm. which uh, like I've seen the movie twice mm. and I laughed at the transition twice and I was the only person who laughed both times mm. which is the bit where he's like I'm gonna go do a thing. It's like what modern pop star rock stars do, you know. It's you like a money do. thing. Yeah, it's just my agent set it up, mm. um, and it just smash cut to uh, pharmaceutical solutions for the future. And no, smashing the pill. Smashing the pill is good, but I, uh, I laughed out loud at that, like the bluntness. It's just like that. health and wellness, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And, and then, for some reason, I assume they're playing at the same event, but they're not, oh, are they? I don't no. think they are. No. Mm. Um, but I remember being the only person who laughed at that and feeling shameful both times. Mm. It's like this man is suffering. 
and Darren the reason it shouldn't have laughed is because it's a very earnest movie yeah. Darren that you're not meant to laugh <laughs> with um but yeah, so just in terms of um, other stuff, do we want to talk about Charlie Cooper's performance? Wonderful, Charlie yeah. Cooper. PETA invented an award, or PETA invented an award that they could give specifically to the film because Bradley... It's a palm Co- dog. Not, <laughs> not, 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 enough. not enough. Andrew learned what the palm dog was earlier today. Um, but yeah, so the P- uh, PETA invented this thing for like the optimum ethical treatment of animals because, not only because Charlie gets to eat a steak, because he's a good dog, and I love, I love, I love that when he puts the he's steak. He's a good boy. Yeah, I love that when he puts the steak down. He has to tell the dog to come over. The dog's like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, the dog's like so perfectly well behaved, and like the moment that really got me wasn't when she discovered that her husband was dead. It was when the dog sort of realized, oh, he's in there, isn't he? The shot of the dog oh, yeah, outside, outside the garage. I thought he, I thought he'd close the door, like. He took care to give the dog a steak. Is that you won't go nowhere with this steak? I don't think I even need to close this door, do I? Yeah. There's a good boy. Um, but like completely discounting the fact that the dog is a good boy and is going to uh, want to see is he okay? Yeah. Um, but the dog is actually Bradley Cooper's dog in real really? life. Really? Yeah. He casts his own dog. Nepotism. He's such a good um, boy. But yeah, Char- Charlie Cooper um, is his name. Charlie Cooper. Yeah. That's what I what I discovered when my dog died was that he shared a surname with me. <laughs> yeah, when when, like when, when we surname? when we sent sent when we sent like Dylan to be uh, uh, cremated, oh. he came back with with like a little kind of wooden casket with a with little brass kind of. Um, uh, what do you call it? Like, like little a little plaque, plaque. Yeah, at, at, yeah, at the, the top thing, um, that said Dylan Quinn. Uh, um, it should have said like kind of 1997 to 2004 or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it does. I, I, I don't think it does though. But yeah, it was just like, Dylan had a surname? Yeah. I would have called like him a- like Mr. Quinn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I call my dad. <laughs> Let's give him a whole proper name. Or, or just call initial. him dog. Yeah, we gave him middle hey, initials. Hey dog. Middle initial as well. And then uh, Sam Elliott actually. Um, oh, we haven't talked, about, we haven't talked about Sam Elliott, which astounds me because I remember I feel what, like we started with a bit of Sam Elliott. <laughs> oh my! Hey, um, somehow my Sam Elliott game is much better than my Bradley Cooper game. Uh, perhaps because I've been at it much longer. Just imagine you're pretending to do your Sam Elliott impression, <laughs> and then you're going, you know how Bradley Cooper cast Sam Elliott. Have we got him to sign up for this? No. This is a great story. This is a, again a very Bradley Cooper story. How he recruited Sam Elliott for the role was he, he talked to him and he gave him a tape, a cassette tape, which had Bradley Cooper doing Sam Elliott's voice. Oh my God. Illustrating that Sam Elliott was the only person that they considered for this role and that Cooper was so, so devoted to having him in the film that he'd already begun practicing his voice. And Elliott's response was, after hearing that, I couldn't say no. <laughs> it wasn't, you stole my voice. <laughs> Um, but Elliot, Elliot's really great in this, and I, I mean, it's interesting because I, I don't know, I don't cry at movies, and I didn't cry at this, and um, but one because of, you don't cry at movies, because I have no soul. Um, yeah. What but, was it like four years ago when you last cried at a movie? It, well, Up is the one that I really think, but that was more than four years ago. But yeah, probably about that long. Um, Interstellar kind of got to me a little bit, um, but that the, was also in 2014, though. Yeah, so that'd be yeah, about four yeah, years, four yeah. years ago. But, sorry, four years ago. But the thing that the moment that really got me in this wasn't the suicide, wasn't the the I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, or they're trying to recover. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit where he tells, and again, this is a very, oh, very Jackson yeah. main moment where he says, 
about me stealing your voice. And he's sort of standing really awkwardly in the door of the pickup truck. And yeah. you're like, all you literally have to say is, I'm sorry. That's the two important words for you to say in this conversation. And he doesn't say them. He says, I idolized you. Which is not, I'm sorry. But it's still, it's a big deal for him to say. He says, I wasn't dad, I idolized him. Yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, and it's like, you could also throw in an apology there. But it's the moment where after that, where Elliot is reversing. And it's a great shot from Cooper as a director. But where Elliot, the camera doesn't cut to Elliot, like, in the front seat. It cuts him reversing. So he turns around to see behind him. And you can see that he's really trying not to cry. And that, that really got me, that shot. That shot really hit me. I, is it, isn't it, I, I may be wrong, but is, isn't it part of the 12 steps to... To, to make it right, to yeah. apologise. Yeah. How does that affect like how we feel about <laughs> that he never actually apologized? Yeah, the, like, like he um he's um like that that's not something that's kind of like coming from his character. That's him working the But he doesn't apologize. It's not an apology. No, he can't <laughs> even apologize when when he's be like he makes a good kind of like attempt of it. Yeah, it's it's a kind of miss. touching. Yeah. Then you realize like he he's been mandated. <laughs> To 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 go do this is cynical. his apology to uh, to Ali, Ali part part of that process as well. That, I think that's genuine. I think it's. Fair. I don't think that's. I don't think you're meant to see that. I think cynical. he is genuinely upset, but I don't think he would um, actually have, apologize. Have, have apologized if 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 maybe he hadn't been kind of um, encouraged to. Interesting enough, I and this is interesting. I kind of part of me wants a star is born, but from the perspective of Sam Elliott's character. Because Sam Elliott's character is... And it's interesting because like, we've had this conversation about how... It's like that Michael J. Fox movie where he's the concierge. <laughs> it would the, just be him like running around kind of like sorting out things. But I mean, because we talked a little bit about how like Ali and, and maybe Jackson don't necessarily have like a level of maturity. And they're... I, Andrew found them very unlikable. I did find a bit of a barrier myself between myself and them. I, I had a bit yeah, of a bar. Because they're not grown-ups. I, I wouldn't be quite that harsh, but I did find... Well, I, are they grown-up? I did find that there was like a, again it's it's the aspect of like Jackson that's a big red flag it's like I'm fine with people like having having dreams and pursuing them like in spite of everything it's not it's not that that I have a, a, a problem with it's it's the it's the yeah it's it's just the immaturity like you you can you can kind of want all of those things um they, anyway, sorry. But I, again, I think that's I think that's a rejection. Of they wasted so much food at breakfast. <laughs> that's but I think it's a rejection of cynicism. Cool. I think yeah. that we sort of took it as a start, but I think that one of the reasons why the internet loved this so much and sort of latched onto this so much is because despite being like mimetic and despite being sort of like something that was easily mockable, it, it's very earnest and it's very innocent and like it's a film that I think if you approach it with uh, cynicism. It, it doesn't really work and I think that it relies on you not approaching it with cynicism for it to work and I think that stuff like that and again I, I don't entirely buy it but I can see why it works and I kind of I can almost I respect that it works the way it does is that it requires you to earnestly accept the idea that these people are as innocent as they are or as the film tells you that they are even if you know mm. you may question I just them. kind of want to shout at them because <laughs> like, like, it reminds me of kind of you know um, of 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 being younger myself, and kind of like like you've it, and and the weird thing is that the movie starts out with her kind of on the phone to um, yelling at her boyfriend yeah yelling at her boyfriend you're and a she's good man like, and a great lawyer which are yeah. four, which are like four words that a man never and wants then to she's hear. like ah men yeah um so it's like 
she's already kind of learned things, you know. Yeah. That and 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 I understand. I understand why she. She's certainly she... more mature than him. I think mm-hmm. the problem for her is that the the whole kind of uh, draw of, of of fame kind of like takes her in. She's gone off the deep end. Yeah. She's <laughs> and we're watching as she's diving in. Yeah. yeah she's far very away far from, from the shallow. How do we spell that? Do we want to There will be a spelling test at the end. Shallow low 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 lows. Or is it shallow la la lows? How does it go? That's a different song. Yeah. I think that's a different song. Shallow la la la. Um da di da di da di da. Anyway, yeah, I was thinking when we were talking about Bradley Cooper writing a pop uh, uh, music film. It's like, um, Darren, how 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 would you represent success in in, <laughs> in, pop, music. in pop music if you were Saturday writing Live a movie? Season finale, Alec Baldwin hosting. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe, I, maybe win the Eurovision. I, <laughs> <laughs> <at> some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ireland always does that right I do love that like there are lines um, and again like that song which I love which is again the Why'd you come around me with an ass like that? which is a line that only exists in the song so that like they can fight about it later but this is not, not like me is the central refrain of that pop song I can't stop talking about what you do to me You keep keeping me from how I'm supposed to be. Tell me. It, the movie's sort of doing that big flashing neon lights thing. Which I just that with all of the songs, yeah. though. Like, maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Yeah. Oh. And this is not like me. Like, yeah. I just said, there's a lot of the songs. And I'll never love again. It's like, <laughs> the key message of all of these songs is like... The, the, the chorus line. Uh, this is my emotional state as it is mm. at this moment in time. Mm. Yeah. It's like, I stole your voice because you were never willing to explicitly tell the plot of a movie with yours. <laughs> yeah. And I will. But this, this comes back to like the idea of 70s authenticity, not to dwell on it too heavy, but it's the idea that like, it's a really weird idea that having talent is not enough of itself. You have to have talent and want to say something, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very like, and it's like you were using it to say like you were, it's like... <laughs> We gave you a platform and you were talking about texting some guy who wears jeans. Yeah. Like, and even, even, even Jackson, when he's justifying like stealing uh. his brother's voice, it's like, that, I, I stole it because you had nothing to, say. Nothing to say. And he doesn't apologize for that later on. He's not like, I was a bit harsh or unreasonable or I shouldn't have stolen your voice. It's like, I only did it because A, you had nothing to say, but also because it wasn't that I idolized, it was you. Mm. But also, I had stuff to say. Um, and it's, it's something very weird about that and again I think that's the authenticity thing I think it's like it doesn't understand that Gaga can have things because Gaga like Gaga is a hugely influential artist she's hugely important mm-hmm. to say the gay community and stuff like that but even like her performative style um, she's hugely influential she's very much engaging mm-hmm. with these, these things and she's saying things in a way that is not as literal as this isn't me mm-hmm. um, maybe it's time to let the old ways die mm-hmm. Uh, or what's the other one? Oh, I'll never love again. She's yeah. more approaching stuff like obliquely and stuff like that mm-hmm. in her lyrics. Um, but yeah, I, I find something very off-putting about that idea that you can't have art that doesn't literally say the things that it's saying, that isn't literally saying what it's about, and somehow it's illegitimate if it if it approaches it in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing like there's very little kind of poetic. Yeah. About, um, about yeah. um, I'll never love again, um, yeah. or uh, yeah, or uh, this isn't me. But is there anything else? Even when you piss your pants, <laughs> I'll still love you. It is worth yeah. noting 
in terms of Gaga's persona, because we've been talking a lot about how this is this is Cooper's narrative and how Cooper's playing with it. Is there, and I won't pretend to know Gaga's discography as well as, as anybody else here, or as well as, say, Stacey, mm-hmm. um, or maybe Andrew even, but, like, is there an element of this suiting, and you sort of suggested this earlier when you talked about how she's shifted away from stuff like, mm-hmm. say, the Fame Monster, yeah. towards those piano albums with Tony Bennett, but even her more recent one, like Joanne, mm-hmm. which is her own middle name, I believe, yeah. so it's got that level of authenticity about it. It's got a picture of her wearing a cowboy hat on it. It's got a much more rock and roll-focused PR campaign. Mm-hmm. Is there a sense of, like, I mean, like, we've been very harsh on Bradley Cooper here uh, on mm-hmm. this podcast, but is there a sense that, like, the star is born... with Jeff Bridges, oh, okay. I'd like to see that. Uh, well, that's crazy harsh. Yeah, um, yeah. Crazy Heart, I really like Crazy Heart, but this is the thing with, with Gaga, does this movie suit Gaga's own career narrative as much as it suits um, as much as much suits Bradley Cooper's? I in that she's trying to position herself as a more traditionally authentic artist through that work with Tony Bennett, through the album Joanne, through shifting towards rock and roll, and now trying to become an actor. And like she's talked about how she's been practicing her like awards acceptance speech since she was seven years old. Uh, which is like one of those great give me an Oscar sort of character things. I think it'll do her the world of good. I I I I do believe that this is is great for Gaga and I I I thought she was fantastic in this movie and it really showcased her and what a talent she was and the kind of um uh ver, ver, uh versatility she has as well. I think she could do whatever she wants after this. But Stacy actually, somebody who knows, I think kind of You'd be more in touch with Gaga, sort of, as uh, an I just, I don't know. I think I'd be a little bit more hesitant. I was okay. like, she's good. I think she's really, really good at the film. I think she plays off Bradley Cooper really well. I'm not sure how well she'd do just... Uh, in general, you know, or in a in role general, that's not as, as an actress. Yeah, where she's not playing a pop star. She's not playing somebody who is Oh, I meant more in terms of her music. Oh, in terms of her music, yeah. I think, yeah, she could pretty much do whatever she wants. Because she did move from this kind of pop music into uh, you know experimenting with different genres working with different artists working with Tony Bennett and now going back to these kind of big piano ballads um, like a Million Reasons would have been one of her more recent singles which is very much like um, one of the songs in the movie Always Remember Us This Way Yes, they're basically the same song um, and yeah so I'll be interested to see there is a lot of meta commentary I think going on in this film in terms of both Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga and whether it's all good meta commentary whether it's all saying something positive or um, I think it's saying otherwise what, I think it's saying what they wanted to say though mm. which is, is something like, I think they're both in command of the narrative yeah and you have that great speech at the end where Sam Elliott is saying about the 12 notes and I've yeah. written it down oh go on so he says are you going to do it in Sam Elliott's voice oh Sam Elliott's voice yes it's the same story told over and over forever all of the artists can offer the world is how they see the twelve notes. You love the way you saw them. <laughs> you love the way you saw them. Talking to her about the way that she represents the world. That's like Amazing. it's yeah. a very nice uh, way to read the movie as well because this is a remake. This is this movie has been remade three times. This is the fourth movie just called A Star Is Born, and as we've been saying, the narrative appears in so many other films. So. This is the way Bradley Cooper is arranging his 12 notes. And it's interesting that what he has to say, you know, is something that has been said three times before. (laughs) But he's making a point about how it's still meaningful because he's the artist. He's telling the same thing. He's not saying something new, but it is still authentic in the way he is presenting it. I think it's the point. I think it's authentic to him. Yeah, it's authentic to him. Yeah. 
I, like, I genuinely believe that this is how Bradley Cooper feels. And I mean, yeah. I feel like that's an accomplishment of itself. Like, again, as a, as a film, as a film critic or as somebody who likes film, even if I didn't love this as much as other people did, I admire the fact that Cooper goes all in for it mm-hmm. and that he commits to it and that he doesn't, like, compromise or soften the edges of what he's saying. Um, even if I don't quite agree with what he's saying and what he's saying gives me some pause in some respects. The thing that annoyed me, sorry, um, I guess this will be like the last kind of like <laughs> negative thing. The, mm-hmm. the thing that annoyed me about the snobbery is it isn't like a positive snobbery. I think like if you had, say, say if you actually used a musician and you had like Jack White mm. playing this, I, I think you, you can kind of like... The love he has for like kind of like traditional blues music and the history of rock and roll and the way he can talk about Elvis like and 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 I think like his, so you mean like his, the way that Ryan Gosling talks about jazz? Yeah, yeah. The 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 the, the, uh, the, the do not start. Okay. Um, uh, the the way um, the way he kind of um, uh, talks about rock music and actually kind of rocks as well, and there, that there's something kind of like. Um, very kind of like pure about that. The problem was that 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 um, the way the way it was expressed with Bradley Cooper is like, oh, that's not authentic because it's kind of low art. And it's like, what are you doing that's so great? And what are you actually kind of so enamored with that it's represented in your music? Are you are you, like like he he? It was never like it was like I liked my dad and I liked my brother's music. Um, and 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 I'm good at playing the guitar, but there's no real kind of like uh, positive understanding saying, yeah, so. of 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 like who what kind of music he loves, you know. Um, and 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 his music is all over the place. I will I will I will make this observation about Cooper. In order to film, because they filmed at various film festivals, uh, sorry, music festivals, including Glastonbury and Coachella, um, they actually got an eight minutes uh, part of Chris Christopherson's set at Glastonbury, uh, which is nice—a nice tie into *A Star Is Born* passing the baton. But apparently, Christopherson's offer was contingent on Cooper learning to play his music, which I think was uh, maybe it's time that the old old ways die well enough live that it you know wouldn't embarrass uh, this audience this crowd wouldn't wonder what the hell was going on while it was happening and apparently he did and apparently he did a great job doing it so like i mean he did sort of if you want to talk about authenticity because chris christopherson asked him to yeah (laughs) chris christopherson an actual kind of authentic uh musician um i there yeah there there is there was no yeah there was no positivity in in the um in in it which which just made it kind of uh, uh seem like uh begrudgery Something I think is kind of interesting, which doesn't directly pertain to the film, but sort of does. And we mentioned it earlier that at one point, Clint Eastwood was going to do a Star is Born remake with Beyonce. Yeah. I just think that's interesting in terms of um, something else Beyonce is actually doing at this moment. Now that, you know, concurrently with the release of A Star is Born is she is on tour with her husband. And her kind of musical identity is becoming kind of caught up with his in very interesting ways, even before this... Uh, her last solo tour was called the Mrs. Carter tour, yeah. and and obviously the the infidelity and stuff like that, and the album together is a statement on their relationship and their marriage and stuff. I just I just think it's interesting that at one point she was the person that was considered to be our generation's star in A Star Is Born, and we're seeing a, a kind of a narrative playing out where her stardom is definitely linked with her husband's, but not contingent on it yeah. in the same way as Ali is becoming Sounds a bigger good. star than Jackson. Beyonce is a bigger star than Jay-Z now. And 
was it, like was it was it that Clint Eastwood was attached to it and it was like um, yeah Beyonce would be perfect to it. Mm. I just want to watch some movies that she's been in. Unfaithful or Goldmember. What was the other one? The Pink Panther yeah. movie the, that she was in Dream too. Girls is not bad. Dream, Dreamgirls is very good, I would argue. I mean, but yeah. the thing with um, the thing with the Eastwood thing is the it's like in, one the, out of five the, ain't bad. <laughs> that's the song, isn't it? I want you. It doesn't mean that song. I want you. I need yeah. you. I want you. I need you. Uh, please don't star in Austin Powers um. three. Um, but interesting enough, the, the Eastwood chronology is, is kind of interesting because she was attached and he was going to direct in two thousand and twelve. Mm-hmm. Then he sort of drifted away the project. I think he did Jersey Boys instead, mm-hmm. which is perhaps a more on-brand Clint Eastwood no musical. Songs. No songs in it, though. Ah, that's a, yeah, no original it's songs. It's not a musical yeah. in the same way that, like, Dreamgirls yeah. or A Star is Born arguably yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably something he might, might have been slightly more comfortable with, I think. It's more he, on-brand for him to do a musical, certainly. Um, oh, gonna paint your wagon, eh? Yeah, but, um, exactly. <laughs> but uh, Beyonce then dropped out. Uh, the project fell apart. She came back on board when Cooper did. Actually. Mm. There was a while, there was like a period of, I think, of about eight months because she got pregnant, I think, yeah, with one of her children. Um, and they. One of her children she got pregnant with. Uh, okay, thank you, Andrew. <laughs> that's a very strange okay. way of saying that. Okay, she it's got pregnant and had a child. Yes, yeah. um, but, uh, but she came back when Cooper came back on board and then left in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting because that's when Gaga came on board. Because kind of, I wonder how this movie would play with Cooper and, and Beyonce. More to the point, I wonder if it would play with like Beyonce and Kaka in like Gaga, Telephone. Isn't that it? Is the Telephone the one Telephone is their collab. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. There's so, an extended Telephone video where they're holding up a diner. Yeah, and so it's just, wonderful. Just play that as like your two hour, 20 minute prestige fix that. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in terms of other stuff, is there anything else we haven't talked about that we want to talk about with Stars Born? Mm-hmm. I liked *A Star Is Born* more than you guys. <laughs> so I, like, I, I, I liked it too. I liked it less. Yeah. They, they, and 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 I guess with that, like I like it less and less when uh, 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 when like uh, um, some some like like um, yeah some sometimes when people are talking about the the um, yeah the the things that made it made it, made it better because then I I like my yeah. But it, it it's 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 I uh, yeah it's 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 not really that bad at all. I feel I I feel bad that I've been so hard. Not as it, long as I, some music. <laughs> I've been so so hard at, on Bradley fired. Cooper. <laughs> But, um, it's, uh, it's no la 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 <laughs> <laughs> and Darren is ever sits on the fence I didn't love it I think it's very well made I think Cooper shows tremendous promise as a director he does I think definitely. Gaga is I think the chemistry maybe between more them than great. an actor mm-hmm. yeah I think that again I have some issues with the plotting and some of the themes and I feel a little uncomfortable with the rock and roll pop authenticity thing and the relationship a little bit but I think the two of them work very well together I think it's charming and I think there's a reason why this story resonates in the way that it does and why it has always resonated because mm-hmm. I think that it, it speaks to something cultural uh, in terms of like because people are all wondering about like first man is first man the patriotic story of like you know the end of year this is the quintessential american narrative of the end of the year it's this idea it's of... a quintessential hollywood narrative mm-hmm. yeah they just like to make movies about themselves that's the reason they'll keep getting made 
I guess that, uh, 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 there is but like a, a more important reason about why people will want to see people it. People go and see these movies. They like, do, I mean, whatever yeah. about like however flattering these What's movies are. It's a whole kind of uh, pop idol sort of yeah, um, no, I mean, I, 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 X Factor culture, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, and I mean, again, I, I think that, you know, whatever, this is Darren, like, I'm not going to shake my fist at the cloud and say kids these days and whatever or anything like that. But I think that there is you a were, yearning. I think you, were, you were talking earlier about kind of like if, if, if there, there are people here who are like 32 and wouldn't mind kind of like getting famous I hope you didn't start this podcast to get rich and famous this is my big plan this is my launching pad because that that, yeah those are like kind of um, I think if 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 it's so in um, it's like the validation of kind of like fame Mm. is 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 great to have because like if you're producing something it's it's really great if it gets to a lot of ears or if it gets uh, like if a lot of people see uh, what you've created. I think as an artist, that's really important. But I I I, I don't think really it really is the Jackson main of this podcast. But but I don't think like people ought to set out to yeah, to, no, to no. do it. And that's the kind of dream that these kind of movies sell. I think the dream is more to be seen. I think the dream is to be seen as somebody. Who I think is it's more important to express yourself. I think it's a bonus when people listen. Okay, I think I think it's important for people to it's listen. It's kind to of people. a cathartic act. Okay, and I, then the the, the the validation is for people who who can't validate themselves. I okay, I think that's a very very harsh thing. I, I don't know. I wouldn't agree. I think that it's important for people I to know, feel seen. Like I, and I think I think I, I I think it's important for people to do them. And 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 then if 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 people want to want to give them adulation, that 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 that's a positive kind of in and of itself. It's not filling a void um, okay. that, that that they have, <laughs> and I think it takes on more importance when it is filling that void. Okay, which is which 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 is why these things are so kind of uh, where the whole idea of 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 yeah, kind of oh. making a big is 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 more kind of about a, a problem with a person hat okay um sorry Stacey you no I was, I was just gonna say I think the film could have made the point about fame in, in a lot like less kind of sensitive or nuanced way I think it deals with fame in just the right like it it devotes just the right amount of screen time to people do aspire to be famous being famous is kind of bad this is the way it is. Let's get back to their relationship. As I said, I think mm. it does. It, it it raises some interesting ideas about fame, about celebrity, about what it takes to attain it, and whether it's worthwhile. But that's not actually what the film is about. As I said, it's about him. It's about their relationship. You were happy enough and with their. I thought it was yeah done well. Mm. You were happy enough with their relationship then. I mean, obviously, their relationship is problematic insofar as you know he's an addict. He is embarrassing he's kind of possessive even in the, in the beginning but i think she does try to assert herself well but she falls in love with him and i think a lot of the problems that we could see in their relationship can be kind of written off by well she's in awe of him and she's in love with him and that's why it went this way hmm. but i think yeah yeah i thought it was i thought it was done well yeah the, the, the falling in love um kind of establishment of it is i think done quite well mm. I think some of the looks in between them, it it does feel like kind of genuine um, chemistry. Yeah, and I mean, even if you look at the press tour where the two of them are touring together, they play very, very well off one another mm. as well. Like you can't replicate that sort of chemistry. It's mm-hmm. it's remarkable. It's, it's again, it transcends. Like they're both good, but I think together they're great. Yeah. 
All right, so we're going to wrap things up. Um, but generally, before we go, uh, we, we ask our guests if there's something they'd like to recommend for listeners, if there's something in the world that gives you joy, that you like to bring people's attention to, to say, here's this thing, you should go see it, listen to it, read it. Uh, it made me happy, it might make you happy. What would that be? Oh, gosh. Well, I know, sorry, we should have prepped beforehand. But... We've just been talking about A Star is Born. Uh, I'd recommend the Star is Born soundtrack on Interscope <laughs> Records, available everywhere. Um... No, there are some bangers on the soundtrack. I, I have been enjoying I to listen to, to it. some of the songs. As you say, what his band is supposed to be is kind of all over the place because yeah. at times they're kind of Zeppelin, at times they're kind of country and western, at times it's like these big which piano makes, ballads, which is weird. But it makes it weird that he's kind of snobby about about yeah. things because it's like, well, what, what are, yeah, where are you coming from? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah, but um, I, yeah, I'd, I'd say that, yeah. I went to see Bad Times at the El Royale last ah. night, and I, I didn't realize it was. Like Drew Goddard, 140 minutes long. It is a commitment. Uh, so it was a little bit of a trudge near the end. I think the third act kind of falls apart, but it's a lot of fun. It's very ambitious. It's very weird. It's it's Drew Goddard, as you were saying, who was involved with making Cabin in the Woods, which I adore. And uh, I would recommend that, I guess. I, I also saw that. With some reservations. It's, it's, it's very much, it's like the kind of movie they don't make anymore in terms of mm-hmm. like, it's this great starry ensemble mm-hmm. in like a mid-90s crime filler that's a, for, it's like a film noir sort of thing. But it's also really uh, playful and kind yeah. of, it has these big ideas about like religion and authority and government and trust and law and order and lines and boundaries, which I really like because I'm, Know, into that sort of stuff but it feels kind of like it's deconstructing some of that stuff yeah. as well like it is one of these like what? Tarantino-esque yeah. kicky noirish what does it all mean kind yeah. of crime thrillers but it's like but by the way don't be don't take any of this <laughs> I, too seriously I mean yeah it's, it's a film it's noir fun. where voyeurism is like the biggest theme in it where you have like characters watching and listening to each other uh-huh. through screens as if Goddard's not getting his point across about what this movie's about it feels like a film that I think Martin McDonough would love to have made <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Take that as well as Drew Goddard does. It's it doesn't totally work. It doesn't you know. As I said, I think it, it falls apart at the end. But I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was weird in a way you don't see very often. So I'd probably recommend that. I I'd second that. Andrew, yeah. do you have anything you'd like to recommend for people? Um, yeah. Um, so a star is born is out in cinemas now. I believe still out in the cinemas. Um, Although probably kind of smaller screens uh, at this point, mm-hmm. but I think it's still in the Savoy. By the way, the Savoy have tiny little screens yeah. now. They've uh-huh, got that's where I saw it. With, yeah. with, 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 uh, with like, really? uh, uh, what's the new screen one like? Small. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> with, it's a standard cinema. Aww. Sorry, but they've got like I think for whatever screen I think it was screen nine we saw it on. There was, there was like a piece of A4 paper with like a little nine. Kind of, oh. uh, uh, oh, it's not on the it. one on the landing. It's like the, the one. It's, it, it's, it's the strange. One you go, you go up a a a, a, a stairs. But we, um, I, I watched uh, the Black Klansman. Yeah, really love Black Klansman. Sorry, there's no the, is there? I know, Black Klansman. Um, no. It's great. I really, really liked it. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I, th- I, um, I thought it was a lot of fun, and I thought it, um. It told a very it it made a very important point in in a way that wasn't kind of um, didactic or heavy handed because if if you stay till the end of the movie, I thought a, it was real... didactic, but I thought it was no less effective for that. I absolutely adored that it was made. I thought it was very effective, but I thought it was very like. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm saying for me, it, it, it didn't, it didn't kind of like, um, it didn't cross the line oh. of, of, of. Like it, it, it was it was an entertaining okay. movie. Oh no, it's a fantastic it, was, movie. It, was, it was it was it was a piece of entertainment, but it was a very important movie. Yeah. 
and I think like uh, some sometimes sometimes one can kind of um, undercut the other, yeah. um, and that it it didn't happen. So I I, I I I thought it was very well balanced. I I enjoyed it a lot, and I was very kind of um, struck as well um, by um, by the kind of um, uh, theme of uh, of the movie. Yeah. Um, I would like to rent. I think that this has possibly been one of the best weekends in Irish cinema in quite a while in Irish cinemas. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Stacey mentioned Bad Times of the Al Royale. I'd recommend that. Particularly if you like those sorts of star- starry, old school, sort of Tarantino-esque, sort of playful deconstruction films. Irish films, Rosie is out this weekend, which is very good. It's, it explores the housing crisis. Yeah. Written by Roddy so, Doyle, directed by Paddy Brannock, starring Mo Dunford good, and Sarah Green. Very Sarah Green's phenomenal. Good movie to come out right now. Yeah, it's yeah. very timely. Well, I mean, when they wrote I mean, in they, 2000, I think they were in 2016 and they were like Think what, happens, it, yeah. what happens if they've solved the homing, homing crisis by the time that we release this uh, which is kind of interesting that's and depressing because the they had the, the kind of like interview um, on I think Morning Ireland last weekend I think um, uh, where they had the same person who had spoken in 2016 yeah. about about how she hadn't gotten her um, her house and was asking the minister politely yeah. and at this point not asking Same politely anymore yeah. yeah but it's it's a very timely movie it's it's not as heavy as it could be which is interesting Doyle is very good at giving like a kind of a warmth to the film that you wouldn't expect for something covering this subject matter it's it's harrowing it is deeply affecting and deeply moving but it's also got a warmth that you expect of Doyle's sort of treatment of Irish uh, life which uh, is fascinating light touch uh, I haven't seen the it's, movie it's but it's from, from 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 Doyle um like knowing knowing his movies, they they're 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 they often kind of like, um, they 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 can pack a punch or um, but but have have that kind of Roddy Doyle light touch that kind of it's not it's not it doesn't too, like, really it no. doesn't it doesn't necessarily have the lightness of touch that I associate with Doyle's other stuff, but that's probably fine given the importance of the subject matter in Irish culture at the moment. I did think it was a little bit didactic, a little bit heavy handed, but it's very worth seeing for the performances, uh, for the warmth, and obviously for the relevance as well. Um, and then finally, First Man is out this weekend as well, which I really really liked. Um, speaking of La La Land as well, it's um it's fascinating. It's Damien Chazelle and Ryan Gosling again. It's the story of Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. Now, you know, I, who am I to say if it has too many flags or not enough flags? Go see. Determine its flag ratio and how it works for you. How much jazz is in the movie? <laughs> I was over the moon about the content of jazz in the movie, the amount of jazz. It does feature... I could have said anything there. And <laughs> right. I just, you I just sort of went into... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, but I was a little spaced out when you were talking to me there. Um, no? Okay, uh, I think you're loony. Thank you. Um, um, but anyway, so if people are looking for a bit more Andrew and Stacey in their lives, where can they find you guys online? Oh, um, I'm on Twitter at Silver St. Grout, S-T, but Silver, the word Silver, S-T-G-R-O-U-D. Perfect, we'll include that in the show notes. Um, I know that State shut down, I'm not sure if it shut down since last we talked, but all your con- all your reviews are still up there. Uh, it's the, the site's still up, yeah. so yeah, you can um, find a link. There's some really good writing on there and I'd highly recommend that as well. Um, Andrew! Where can we find you? Uh, the 250 podcast <laughs> on iTunes. Released weekly. Uh, and Stitcher, released weekly on, on, on Stitcher. Um, uh, listen to our uh, Star is Born, which is uh, what you're listening to right now. <laughs> right now. Uh, continue yeah. listening. Continue, continue listening. Yeah, Please don't yeah. turn it off. Um, yeah. Listen again. Uh, <laughs> sign in under another account. Go on somebody's phone yeah. and subscribe to it. So that they don't know. Maybe they'll yeah. listen to it and like it. Yeah. Um, 
you could be the best friend ever. Leave if, a leave an leave an iTunes review. Possibly from their account yeah, as well. Um, um, put posters on lampposts. <laughs> send up trial balloons. Yeah. Write a love ballad about it. Maybe something like I really yeah. like the two fifty. But give us fan art, art, fan fiction. Um, well, we've already had a lot of fan fiction, but uh, like more fan art. <laughs> the, the stuff that we can read on the podcast. The stuff, so that's very important. We're a very yeah. broad audience. It, it tends to have taken on a certain kind of um, edge. Edge. Yeah, yeah. Which which is fine. Um, but, uh, but like we're a big tank podcast yeah. um, you can follow us at the 250 you can find us wherever Andrew just said you can also follow me at Dandor Score Mooney um, next week we'll be back we'll be covering our second lost episode which will be Intouchables with Kieran Gillen uh, the week after we'll be doing Science of the Lambs with Dr. Bernice Murphy from Trinity College Dublin which we're very excited about and then the week after that we're doing our second anniversary episode so there's a whole host of great stuff coming up on the 250 soon Sounds tiring. <laughs> Even just making these is tiring. Imagine how tiring listening to them will be. Well, that's the idea. Is you're meant to get more and more tired as the as the podcast okay, goes. On. Like, who are we talking to right now? Everyone's asleep. Hey, Andrew. I just wanted to take another look at you. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.